We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. This week on the Garage Beers Podcast, it is episode 76, and we have got a familiar face joining us once again here in the garage from ESPN Cleveland. It's Emmett Golden. He's going to jump in to talk to us about all the things going on in Cleveland sports. We haven't been here for two weeks, so we got to talk Cavs. We got to talk Indians trade deadline. We got to talk Browns coming up. We got all that. Plus, we got Garage Beers of the Week, our three cheers of the week, and so much more. So, Come on up the driveway, open up your favorite lawn chair, crack open a cold one, and join us for Garage Beer. And welcome on in, everybody, to episode 76 of the Garage Beers podcast, brought to you proudly on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Hey, go check out Belly Up Sports uh, on Twitter, Instagram, stuff like that. They got a lot of big stuff going on right now. They uh, we're going to be on like a new radio network unhinged uh, that just got announced. Uh, There's a lot of stuff happening with belly up sports, our home network. So proudly brought to you on our home network of belly up sports. Go check them out. Go find the show on our social media at the garage beers on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, We got to get, we got to start doing TikTok more, but we're on TikTok. You can find our interviews on YouTube and so much more. So go look for all of our socials with you. As always, I'm your host, Michael Keefe. Go find me at Garage Beers Mike. And joining me, as always, the best co-hosts in the game. First of all, over on the east side of Cleveland at Garage Beers, Chad. It's Chad Meyer. What's up, Chad? Guys, my ass is wet. I've got a beer in hand, and I'm ready to do some podcasting. I'm I'm sorry? <laughs> huh? What? What'd you sit in? Uh, well, I sat on a, uh, a wet couch here uh, because we had a huge rainstorm, more like a warning from God. A derecho? beforehand, and it, it, it or like a, <laughs> a yeah, warning from God here. Uh, they derecho. got the couch all wet here on the porch, and uh, yeah, I sat in it at first, and then I finally got the, uh, a towel to put down underneath it. So, like I said, ass is wet, beer in hand, I'm ready to do some podcasting. Chad, don't even lie. We know you've what? got a terrific case of swamp ass. And and that's what's going on. We know. I, I am I am a furry individual, so that is very likely. <laughs> All right, Chad, suffering in the outside in the in the wet ass conditions, uh, literally. 
down in Nashville, Tennessee. Find him online at Garage Beers. Joe, it's Joey Whalen. What's up, Joe? I think this is my second favorite time of year for sports. First is like springtime when you have NBA finals, NHL playoffs, start of the MLB season. That's a fantastic time. I don't know if anything's going to beat that. This is like the second best year because like aside barring this year, the Indians are usually doing pretty well. Right. Um, you have, you know, the NBA draft, which is all fun. Uh, Olympics were great. Um, but then we also have the preseason for NFL starting. Training and like camp, that yeah. is, um, man, what a roulette box of like Christmas gifts the NHL, <laughs> NFL preseason is because yeah, it's exciting. It's so exciting. You're so excited for your team to start, but also like just people get hurt a lot in the preseason just- and during practices and like, it's so uh, I get so stressed about it. I was like, just gonna say I'm a ball of freaking nerves, Joe. Oh like, yeah, I'm a ball of nerves. I'm so every excited. day, every day that these guys are practicing in pads, I'm like, oh, just don't send. Like, right. it's like flashbacks to LaCharles Bentley, right? Like the yeah. Browns signed LaCharles Bentley. He was like the answer at the offensive yeah. line. It was gonna be, and then like the second day at training camp, he's just done forever. And you're like, yeah. oh, it's no. like it's like it's like Christmas morning, and you're going downstairs to your presents. <laughs> um, but what you don't know is that there's a trail of glass in between your bedroom and the Christmas tree, and it's dark. There's no <laughs> right. lights. The lights aren't working. So, right. you know, sure. you hope you can get your way to the Christmas tree with no problems, but you might have a bloody toe by the end and get there. Santa Claus either got you a PS5 yeah. or a loaded gun pointed right at your face yeah go go ahead and just wrap miles garrett in like blankets like pillows oh, like man. everything and just just put him away yes just put him away until yeah. week one you know we're gonna get into it because we've got an awesome special guest coming up we're gonna get into it but like the reports of miles garrett and and jadavion Clowney from camp like browns fans need to be just pumped oh yeah Excited. apparently they are just distra- like and the Browns have a killer offensive line. And apparently those two guys are just eating them alive. And yeah. Uh, yeah, that's pretty awesome. So guys, great episode coming up. We haven't been on in a couple of weeks. Thank you uh, to the listeners out there for your patience with us. Is just had a few things going on last week uh, that we couldn't be with you. And it was kind of a last minute decision. So we hate pulling the trigger like that. But we are back and uh, and things are really exciting. All right, so now it's time for us to get into our favorite segment of the week. But before we do that, we're going to bring in our very special guest, our returning special guest here to the Garage Beers podcast. He's going to join us for our Garage Beers of the Week. You know him from ESPN Cleveland, where he is literally everywhere. Uh, He's the host of The Next Level with Gerard Cherry. He's been on, we're interested because since the last time we talked to him, he's been on this RBS Next uh, show. So that's new since we've talked to him. And he, he's literally everywhere. If you're if you're looking at sports or Twitter, which we have to talk about some Twitter things that we're going on today, but he is all over the place. We're really excited. You can find him on Twitter at egoldie80. Emmett Golden is back in the garage. Emmett, welcome back to the Garage Beers Podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. Like I actually have a garage now, so maybe I should have went out there oh. and you know, <laughs> you know, enjoyed you guys. So, That's the next one. So we got to tell you, like when we started this, that was the plan. We were all going to do this from yeah. the garage. So like Chad would be out in his garage. I'd be out in my garage. You quickly find out, though, when you're doing a podcast via Zoom mm-hmm. with people, 
that literally the garage is always going to be the worst place for internet. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so exactly. all we did was have problems. So right. we will drink beers in the garage, but uh, you know, the Wi-Fi has to come first. Uh, I, I, I mean, uh, we are totally in the garage, everyone. I mean, like we are, <laughs> yeah, that's right. everyone listening, yeah. we are hundred yes. percent in the garage. Listening to this, we're in the garage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For right. For real. You don't know. Uh, so before we start talking about all things Cleveland sports with Emmett, uh, we got to do our garage beers of the week. And again, we always let our special guest kick us off. So, Emmett, what'd you bring with you this time? Um, I, you know, I saw on my way home, I said I gotta grab some beer, right? Because I knew I was gonna be on with you guys, and I was just gonna shoot my regular light beer. But then I saw this line and Kugel uh, lemon haze IPA. Ooh, oh, cool! What? And yeah, I've never had it before. I didn't even know line and Kugel had an uh, uh, IPA. So I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, all right, let me give this a try. Or anything right. outside of Summer Shandy, like <laughs> that's yeah. I thought that's all they yeah, had. Yeah. Right. Summer Shandy, right? right. right. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Well, they, or they have like fifteen different kinds of shandy, right? Like, right. I didn't like an IPA though. Although we are getting into that season of fall, and they have that like harvest shandy. It's like a pumpkin shandy. Yeah. That's delicious. So I'm okay yeah. with that. That's got to be like in two weeks or something. Yeah. September. Oh, mm-hmm. dude, the, the pumpkin. The pumpkin ales are all over the place now. I keep seeing them. Okay, Chad. I do. About it. You like seasonal beers. Well, yeah, but it's August. <laughs> okay. It's summer for still over a month. I'm not even thinking about pumpkin beers. Uh. Okay. All right. I'm, t- I'm taking a break while Emmett pours his beer. I'm taking a break here. When are we going to stop doing this? <laughs> what? Every year, Christmas stuff comes out in October. Pumpkin stuff comes out in August. Okay. Like, why do we complain about it every year, though? Like, it's, it happens well, every year. doesn't mean I have to like it. <laughs> The only problem with the seasonal things is when they stop selling T-shirts at Costco in August. Oh yeah, that is a legitimate yeah, problem I ran into last week. Yeah, they're they're trying to clearance them out for the coats. And I'm in Nashville, and it's like 100 degrees down here. It's not. We can't do that. We, we gotta t-shirts. talk. Where's Where's Mr. Costco? We gotta Mr. Have a Costco. Talk. We gotta have a talk, Mr. Costco. Uh, so, I mean, have you tried the beer yet? Yes. How is it? Yes, and it's pretty good. I, I, I will this again. All right. I like it. Nice. All right, so yeah. Emmett Golden. Yeah. With a, Tastes like an a, IPA, but fresh and, uh, but it's refreshing. Love it. A line and Kugel IPA. Gotta like that. All right, Chad, over on the east side of Cleveland, what do you got? Okay. Well, I don't think I personally have drank uh, a beer from here before on the show, but uh, I'm going to Masthead uh, this week, boys. And I'm doing yes. the uh, Augen, Augenblick Hell's Lager, however the hell you say this. Uh, uh, <laughs> you got lager, very, right? Uh, yeah, and it's uh, apparently it's a, a, a medal award winner at the Great American Beer Festival. And I got to tell you, it is delicious. I mean, it is wow. it is smooth. It is. It's not very light. I, I would say it's somewhere in the middle. It's not like it's not thick, not light. Just kind of a nice smooth lager and. Uh, no bitterness to it. Nothing. I can see why this won an award. It's a major award for this beer. <laughs> <laughs> no Christmas references, Chet. Uh, yeah. uh, no offense to the other ones, but I Masthead is, I love Masthead. So good, good call there, Chet. Uh, take it way down south, Nashville, Tennessee. Joey, what's your garage beer this week? It's a good segue, Chet, because uh, it's 110 here today. Oh. And uh, to... Uh, uh, combat that i have my thermostat set very low so it's freezing in my house uh, <laughs> and i have a christmas beer today <laughs> yeah. Got a rim, have a christmas sale you're welcome and uh nice. we're doing christmasy today why not 
Did you do uh, like the sugar rim on it too? Oh yeah, yeah, a little cinnamon sugar rim. All right. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I'm messing around. It's the last one. I'm sure it's not available anywhere. Anyway. <laughs> perfect perfect yeah, beer. Be soon. Perfect beer to warm yourself up when you have the thermostat set at a cool 47 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's definitely water coming from it. I don't know if that's a problem or not, but <laughs> we're going. I like this is a good week for garage beers. We're going all over the place. We just had a Christmas ale with I you gotta take a picture with oh the, yeah, with the I already rim, did with the rim. I that's, did it, I did it before yeah. I, I soiled it. That's dedication. Uh, so then that brings it to me over here on the west side of Cleveland. And I have got a beer. Uh, my in-laws, Joey's parents, just got back from uh, Florida uh, not long ago, which is a scary thought, but they were there. And uh, they brought me back a couple beers. So this one's from Sarasota, Florida. It's called J-Dubs Brewing Company. And this is called the Uptop IPA. Ooh, nice. And, boys, it's, wow. it's very basic. It's nothing mm. like... It's not like a super, like anything to write home about, but it's, it's good. It's a refreshing West coast style IPA that it's not like Chad, you wouldn't hate it. Cause it's not super bitter. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's just, it's a quality beer. So you got to like that. Basic, Can't go wrong with it's that. Your basic bitch beer. That's all you can ask for. That's what I got. Uh, all right. So those are our garage beers of the week. As always, we invite you to get on our social media. Tell us what you're drinking this week. If you've got any beers that you've tried recently that you want us to try on the show, send them our way. We'll go look for them and we will try them. But, uh, to you guys here on the podcast, cheers. To you, the listener, cheers. And now let's get into it with our special guest, once again, from ESPN Cleveland. Find him online at egoldie80. It's Emmett Golden. Emmett, I want to start with this. What is, what's happening? What's happening on Twitter? What is going on? Because <laughs> yeah, so there's, there's some happened. weird wife stuff happening. What's happening? Yeah, I guess I would say it's actually happening on uh, Instagram. So where, you know, I'm now uh, part of RBS Next, the last hour of rbs and with me being on next level rbs next they put it together it was uh our uh content director matt fishman's brainchild uh so i get to hang out with the guys the last hour of the show every day so today uh randomly uh aaron goes have you ever googled yourself and i said i haven't done it in years like i (laughs) you i used to google myself quite often Uh, i was like but i just i haven't thought about it um, and he said, you realize when you type in Emmett Golden, the first thing that pops up is Emmett Golden's wife. And I said, I said, Rand, I, I actually did know that for some reason. I was oh, like, God. yeah, I did. Yeah. And he's like, so people must be Googling to try and find out what your wife looks like. And I said, I guess so. I was like, look, guys, if you want to know what my wife looks like, just follow me on Instagram. I like, have yeah, plenty of pictures of her. It was like, boom, 20 followers, just like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Since 1215 today, I think I've gained like 60 or 70 Instagram followers all because of that. It's hilarious. <laughs> it is what's hilarious. Your, what's, what's your wife say about this? Well, she went and got her hair done today. She's, <laughs> oh, yeah, of about herself. She's like, yeah, they need to follow you and check me out. You know? <laughs> oh, <laughs> so my God. She's all for it. She, she didn't think it's weird at all, even though it's kind of weird, but she didn't think it's strange. Okay. See, we've been talking. All right. We've been talking on this show about, like, how we're going to get our Instagram follower count up, and that's all we got to do. Yeah. Like, just say, hey, my hey, wife. you want to see go. my wife? 
Yeah, right. What? <laughs> so weird. <laughs> right. Is- but I feel good because I'm glad guys didn't go to my Instagram page, see my wife and not follow me. You know, Fair. then I would be sure. like, oh, sure. man, you know, maybe they weren't impressed. <laughs> but obviously, they're like, we need some more pictures of Mrs. Goldman. Um, so they hit the follow <laughs> button. And hey, <laughs> Those those twenty followers text their friends and went, "Do you got to see Emmett Golden's wife?" Right. Oh my god! I'm gonna go up to my wife later. Hey, we got a new marketing thing for the podcast. Oh yeah, what is it? Uh, you. It's right. you. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna... We're not working. Right. Like, well, you see, most right. guys are perverts, honey, and um, uh, the biggest way to get right. some traction is I'm to pretty put sure my, you out there. I'm pretty sure my wife would tell me to fuck off. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Same here. Right. Uh, okay. So, like I said, uh, and you brought it up too, uh, but uh, you know, you've been the host of the next level with Gerard Cherry for a while. Uh, and I think this RBS next thing came up in what, March, something like that of this last year? Yeah. 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 Um, so, how did, like time. you said it was, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, um, you know, it was a regular day. I rolled into the office. And I have a meeting with Matt Fishman and Sam Pine. Sam Pine's our general manager, vice president, oh, excuse me, at a good karma brands. And I figured something was up because very rarely do I meet with them as a duo. Right. And um, they sat down and they said, hey, we're making some changes to the lineup. And I was like, OK. And they led with we're taking an hour of the next level away. I was disappointed. You know, we were three to six and you can't help but kind of look at that as like, oh, man, it's kind of a demotion. Right. Right. And they go, but that hour. Yeah. Like, but that hour we're taking from you, we want you to do RBS now at the end of RBS. um, You know, and the thinking was that's, you know, that's kind of our flagship show. And we have Mm -hmm. the most ears on that. And they said, we want to have more people introduce more people to you. Uh, So having you a part of that show, we think will be good. And I always love working with Riz and Aaron. You know, Aaron and I did a show together for a few years. So I was all for it. And it's easy because I don't have to prep. You know, I just (laughs) don't have to prep for it. I just show up and sit down. And, you know, we just kind of, you know, do our thing. You know, Riz and Hammer kind of have stuff prepared every day. So I was like, yeah, sure. You know, why not? I got to get to work maybe an hour earlier than I normally do. Uh, but that was kind of the thought behind it. And it's been a lot of fun. Hey, that's better than uh, that's better than, hey, we just bought a station in Bashatula, South Dakota. We want you to be drive time <laughs> over there. Yeah, but, right. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, that's right. awesome, man. Wait, is that a real place, Chad? Yeah, that was my first radio job offer when I when I got out of broadcasting school. There was Bashatula, there was Bashatula, South Dakota, and Casper, Wyoming. Wow, I've heard of Casper, but the other one that I can't believe you didn't go. <laughs> uh, listen, listen, I, I don't know why South and North Dakota are part of the United States to begin with. Like we could just give them to Canada, and I don't think anybody would miss them. I don't think anybody would miss them. <laughs> Uh, well, congrats. Like I said, Emmett, we talked to you last, I think it was October. Uh, so uh, congrats on, on that. And, uh, and I like how hey. they broke it to you. I like how they broke it to you with like the, hey, we're going to shorten your show first. Like, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. All right. But then we'll bring yeah. you back up. We brought and, you down and we'll bring you back up. Yeah. And another part of that was um, like, hey, we want to free you up to be more active, you know, YouTube, social media doing things in the community and stuff like that. So, you know, I was like, yeah, I mean, that's 
that's kind of how I get down anyway. Like I just roll with the punches. You know, I yeah. feel like I'm lucky to be doing this anyway. So as long as you're not telling me, see you later, right. like, I can handle it. Right. <laughs> uh, so my last question before we get in, because we want to start with the Cavs here, but before we get into that, you've also been posting a lot uh, about uh, uh, you've been attending a lot of football practices. Is that for your yeah. child at Cleveland Heights? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not like some high school football weirdo. Uh, that just, you know, <laughs> just don't don't worry, Chad. Chad practice. and I are. It's fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I, um, you know, we obviously, you know, moved to Cleveland Heights. And, um, you know, my youngest son plays football. He played at Brooklyn. And, you know, as a freshman, had an opportunity to start, you know, like the last half of the season um, as safety. So I was really proud of him with that. And then when we moved here to Cleveland Heights, it's obviously a much bigger program uh, than the one in Brooklyn was. And, you know, I kind of told him, like, hey, listen, you know, you're new here. You don't know me. Like, you know, in Brooklyn, they knew him from youth football and all that. Um, You know, like, you're totally new here. So you might play JV and that'll be all right. You know, you got plenty of years. Yeah. um, Still, you know, to to play varsity and do all that. And he's been doing great, man. You know, as of right now and, you know, when the season starts next week on Friday, uh, he's starting his strong safety on varsity. You know, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Heist is looking really good too. The you know the entire team's looking amazing. The offense looks great. The defense is looking really good too. Um, so it's fun because it's you know it's a real program. You know, Mac uh, yeah. Stevens yeah. is the head coach. He does a great job there, and uh, it's been fun. You know, to kind of watch him run around and kind of earn his stripes again. You know, like yeah. I said in Brooklyn, right. everybody was like, "Hey, we've known this kid since he was six. And he, you know, was ripping touchdowns like it was nothing. Yeah, that's awesome to hear, man. Because it's it's a different commitment from a smaller school to a bigger school. I mean, a smaller school, oh, yeah. and everybody gets to play, you know. Uh, but but you know, in a bigger yeah. school, you need you got to earn that spot. So that's that's awesome to hear, man. Yeah, Good and chat. stuff like um, uh, weight, you know, in the being in the weight room, like right. every day, right. you know, right. <laughs> like that stuff mm-hmm. that he was not used to. Like, no, you lift weights every day here. <laughs> Um, So all of that stuff. And he um, I don't know if he's been hanging out with Gerard like me. You cannot keep a T-shirt on this young man uh, since he's been in the gym. He likes to walk around and show off his uh, his body. So (laughs) so he's he's enjoying the weight room probably more than anything else. Yeah, uh, Chad. Chad and I called a game. We called a, a Cleveland Heights game a couple years ago, didn't we? Over there yeah. on the East. Yeah, side? when Lorraine yeah, uh, when Lorraine came yeah. came to town over there. And uh, nice. right. was Matt, was Max Stevens the coach then? Like that's sorry, I don't mean to like, but I wasn't he like in the NFL for a little bit or made a yeah, yeah, it yeah he played in the NFL. It could have been Rod, Jeff Rotsky. Um, I know he was the oh. coach over there a few years ago. You know, so uh-huh. and I know Max took over for him. Oh, I, well, your kid's walking around without a shirt on. Can you still whoop his ass in some video games, though? Uh, yeah, yeah. Certain <laughs> video games. I can't, I can't handle them in Mortal Kombat, you know, but I can still oh. beat them in 2K and Madden. So. But Mortal Kombat, yeah, we, we have some epic battles uh, on that. I love it. Heard some stories about Jeff Rotsky, but let's go to the Cavs. No, no, <laughs> let's no. Go yeah, to the just <laughs> moving on. Uh, yeah, so let's go. Let's go to the Cavs, Emmett. Like I said before, we we uh, we missed a week uh, for different circumstances, and we're back, and and so we didn't get to break down some of the stuff that's happened with the Cavs. Most notably, mm-hmm. the NBA draft, we didn't get a good breakdown of here. So, uh, so the Cavs 
draft night was interesting because it was like rumor mill city, right? It was just the Cavs could blow the whole thing up. They mm-hmm. could not blow the whole thing up. A lot of rumors happened, and and in the end, they 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 made two moves that I thought were pretty good. And it started before the draft. They bring in Ricky Rubio, which I think is like a weird, unheralded move. But like when you think about who the Cavs' backup point guards have been, especially recently, yeah, Ricky Rubio is far and away better than. And no offense to Delhi, right? He's a champion. We're not going to say bad things about Delhi, but mm-hmm. like, who would you rather have? Uh, so, what was your impression when you saw they traded Torian Prince and are bringing back Ricky Rubio? What, were, what was your thought process there? Yeah, my first thought was, man, Torian Prince has got to be tired of being traded because mm-hmm. he has been traded, you know, a lot in his short career. Uh, yeah. So, that was my first thought. And my second thought is, this is the perfect perfect deal for this, you know, for this team, because, you know, you had Delhi, you had Dante Exum, Damian Dodson. And like you said, no disrespect to those guys, but like they're more summer, they're closer to summer league than they are the NBA, you know, as far as respectability on a roster. Um, So now Rubio, you have a real point guard. You have somebody that, you know, uh, Darius Garland can kind of feed off of and bounce things off of. And um, they need that with the Cavaliers being so young, they need some veterans and, you know, veterans coming from a healthy place. And I think uh, Ricky is that guy. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought when they made that deal at first, I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Like Ricky Rubio. Okay. But you know, I think it was pretty cool. They, that Kobe Altman clearly identified that that backup point guard was one of the most primary things he was concerned about this off season. That's the first thing he took care of. Here's our backup yep. point guard. And I think you get a guy in Rubio that like, uh, he, he does suck. He, he knows what he's doing out there. And like, it doesn't surprise, it doesn't surprise you if he puts up 21 points in a game. You know what I mean? Like, right. Right. If, again, no offense to Delhi, but if Delhi puts up 25, 21, whatever points, you're like, man, Delhi went nuts last night. Right. Like he's not scoring for two weeks. You know, like it's over with for a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, but even with Rubio, regardless of what he does from a scoring standpoint, even yeah. coming off the bench, he can get you seven to ten assists every night. Yes. You right. know, yeah. even coming off the bench. And that's what the Cavaliers need. So they make that move. And then again, smoke is still everywhere. What are we going to do? They're talking about trading up. They're talking about trading back. There's all these rumors of these teams that want the third pick. And in the end, the Cavs just go up to the podium and they take Evan Mobley. Seven-footer. Lots of people saying, I think it was actually, I don't remember who it was on ESPN that said, if the guy had just been a little bigger, he's probably the number one pick. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, But I I just felt like with all the noise going on, it just was like, it was kind of a calming night. Like nothing crazy happened and they just took the best player that was there. Yeah, yeah. and, And that was the right thing to do. You know, and I think Kobe Altman understands where this team is and where he is from a job security standpoint. Um, you can't get too fancy. Like, you know what? If you got a guy that's legitimately seven foot, like he's not one of these six ten guys that you yeah, call yeah, seven right. foot. Like, no, he's legitimately seven feet tall. He can pass, shoot a little bit. He's got to improve there. Um, but he's really good around the rim and you look and you go, man, this guy's super young. He can put some weight on and the sky's the limit. 
So it was the right move to do. It wasn't sexy, right, or exciting because we kind of knew out of the first three picks we're going to fall out for maybe three weeks. Um, but it was it was definitely the right guy to pick. Now, Mike was now Mike has said on this uh, podcast before, Emmett, that you got to think Kobe Altman just didn't like the direction that this this rebuild was going with the Cavs. How does taking a guy like Evan Mobley alter that? Well, it takes some pressure off of Colin Sexton to score. You know, I mean, okay. we're, however, I know Colin is kind of a polarizing uh, figure, but he literally is the only guy you can count on to score. Now, Darius Garland will probably improve. I expect him to in his third year. Isaac Okoro, we've seen him improve from a scoring standpoint, even though, you know, his kind of MO is being that stopper, that defender, which he's already proved he can be. But now it kind of, takes the weight of wins and losses off of Collins' shoulders. And I think we'll see Collins' game become a little more complete, you know, than just, you know what, I got to put my head down and get buckets because we don't have a chance if I don't if I don't get 25 points. Well, now we can have somebody else to feed off of. And then from a defensive standpoint, Isaac Okoro, uh, Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen, I mean, that's a right. really good, you know, front line. You know, it was your it was your colleague. Our last episode two weeks ago, we had your colleague from ESPN Cleveland. We had uh, Danny Cunningham on, and he made a great point that, that we we all talk about Colin Sexton as like this centerpiece of this team, right? But like, mm-hmm. he's not supposed to be, right? Like, right? Oh, right. It's Absolutely. a it, it's a he was the eighth pick in the draft. Like, if you get your centerpiece at eight, it's not like he was the number one pick. It's not like he was like this clear cut franchise player coming out. So it. It because I can be a little harsh on Colin because I I just don't know what role the guy plays all the time. Mm-hmm. But then I step back and look at it and go, man, the weight that he has had to carry because he was that guy they took and then LeBron left. And it was like, okay. all right, all of our all of our hopes go to Colin Sexton. And he's he wasn't supposed to be the franchise player. No, he wasn't. And that's I think that has a lot to do with it. It was like, okay, this is the guy they got to replace LeBron. And it's like, oh, God, no. You know, he's not the first pick overall. He was never, you know, looked at and like, this is a generational talent. He was never looked at that way. He was looked at as a hard worker and a guy that had high upside. And we've seen him improve, um, you know, each year, which is all you can ask. And when you look back at that draft, you go, you know what? At the eighth pick, it was the right pick. You know, maybe, you know, Shea Gildress-Alexander, maybe that's a guy that you would take instead. But outside of that, like, of the people who were available, he was the right pick. But the perception was he's supposed to be LeBron, Kobe, KD, those guys. And he's, <laughs> and he's just not. Like, and it's not fair, you know. And that's okay. Know. Yeah, yeah that's, right. okay. that's okay. Right, right. Like, hey, if you're a guy that can score 25 points in the NBA every day or every time you play a game, you're a solid NBA player, and that's all you can hope for. You know, and there's a place for you on every team in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, so here's what I like. You know, it's been a, it's been a uh, the fashionable trend, right? Has been this a lot of smaller lineups around the league. A lot of you know the the center un, until a little bit more recently with with uh, uh, a couple big name centers around the league, including the MVP this year. Uh, that position has kind of like faded off a bit. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the Cavs are doing this like, I don't, uh, please, if you're listening to this, don't think I'm crazy. I'm not saying they are here. I'm just making a comparison. (laughs) I'm just making a comparison. 
but it's like a, it's a Spurs move, right? It, it feels a little bit like mm. I know Jared Allen is not David Robinson. And I know Evan Mobley at this point is not Tim Duncan, but like all of a sudden you have these twin towers, these two seven footers in the middle that can play together. Yeah, like it's, think it's of, pretty. Think about two years ago after Beeline got fired and they traded for Andre Drummond, right? The Cavaliers, JB Bickerstaff start playing big, you know, with having Larry Nance Jr. at the three. Yeah. And it was working because yeah. nobody else could deal with that, you know, that size. Now, the drumming thing didn't quite necessarily work out. And obviously, Larry's has some injury issues. But now, if you have those two guys, and this is the important part, you can't have big, slow guys. Right. If you have big men that can switch and hold their own when they're guarding a guard, then you're in great shape. You know, and also if they can step out and you got at least one of those guys that is at least a threat from the outside, then that opens up the paint for you. And that's what those guys are. I mean, Jared Allen in the threat from the outside. Um, I think Mobley will be. You know, he can hit it. He's, you know, he's he's not a great three-point shooter, but I think that's something he's going to be able to improve on. And both those guys, if you switch on a pick and roll, they're not going to get destroyed by a guard. <laughs> so I love, I just love that thinking. Um, and nobody else in the league has that right now. I think it's cool. I like, I, I just like, it, it, like you said, it's just another it's this other element that is unique all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. They weren't unique last year. It's, it's a unique element all of a sudden uh, to the Cavs that should be fairly fun to watch. So, so here's the question, right? Because we're still fairly early on in the offseason. There's still a lot of stuff that can go down. I mean, you, you still have a lot of stuff happening with the team. Uh, but here's your offseason checkpoint. They, they take a 22-win roster, mm-hmm. a young roster, but a 22-win roster. You add Mobley, you extend Jared Allen, $100 million. Uh, you trade Prince for Rubio. We've talked a little bit about, uh, on this podcast about Kobe, Kobe Altman's seat's got to be heating up. Like, it's got to be heating up. I, I, I know he's done some good things, but the progress has not been there. All right. What else can they do this offseason that makes them a significantly better team? Are they better, are they better just by growth? Uh, yes. Yeah. But also, um, they got to figure out the Kevin Love thing, right? Like, yeah. and, and this is not like, I don't want it to come across like I'm saying Kevin's not a good person. He's a great guy, you know, been yeah. around him for a lot of times. He's always been very nice to me and everybody else, but that's just a bad situation for this team. And they won't be able to grow until they can move on, uh, from that. You know, look, Kevin signed a big contract. It didn't work out. He couldn't stay healthy. He began to get frustrated because he's on a bad team with all these kids, right? And uh, anybody that has kids know that you love them, but sometimes (laughs) they can uh, drive you a little crazy. So, you know, he just kind of has been caught up in that and the injuries have been tough for him to get over. It's just time to move on. And if they, you know, they buy him out, which seems like to be the only option, just not sure if he's willing to give up enough money to make it feasible for the Cavaliers to buy him out. That's that's when they'll, they'll have the most growth. Look, he can win healthy. He can still get you 20 and 10 and be a good player. But that win healthy doesn't happen very often. And then you have the frustration he shows from time to time. Um, they'll grow a lot once they're able to kind of move on you know, from Kevin and not because he's a jerk or anything like that. No. It's just that that isn't working. Yeah, this isn't working. 
It's funny that you brought up the kid because Chad just sent a text and he was like, oh my God, my kid just woke up. I'll be back in a minute. So yeah, you know, they're yeah, just see? There you go. all over the place. He, he, now he knows how Kevin Love feels. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's essentially right. the same thing. That's right. It's, uh, Hi, boys. I'm back. I'm back. Hey, Chad. I'm back. <laughs> how did you feel about that deal Allen got, the $100 million? that's what it costs, man. It's the NBA. You know, um, I saw a lot of sticker shock on Twitter. Like I said, Cavaliers will never learn that they can't be giving away these big contracts. And I, Brian Winhurst said it the best. It's a good contract. If the moment you sign it, you can trade it. And at 20 million a year, Jared Allen, you can move him for 20 million a year because a seven foot tall shot blocker and a young guy, you can trade them. And I'm not saying that you want to trade them, but worst case scenario, if him and Evan Mobley can't coexist, then he's an asset, not a problem, right? Like it right. got to the point right. to where Kevin was, is not an asset. He's a problem due to his, what he makes and his inability yeah. to stay on the floor. So with Jared Allen, you're not going to run into that. So um, look, that's what guys are getting paid nowadays in the NBA. And with the cap going up, it'll really seem like, pennies I, I think about remember when tristan thompson signed for 80 yes. million dollars and everybody that's like, what i was just about to bring up <laughs> yeah yeah everybody was like what the hell he's not worth 80 million dollars right. with yeah. three years left on this contract nobody cared nobody thought about it. it didn't stop the cavaliers from doing anything they wanted to do and i think that's what's gonna happen with jared allen yeah i think it i uh, i i thought the same thing the way the contracts work and the way the cap goes up, because then somebody else, I don't remember who it was, but somebody else in the NBA signed for like 72 million or 80 million or something like that. And I was like, if that person signs for 80 million, right, <laughs> then we got a deal for a hundred right. million for Jared Allen. So, right. Yeah. It's, it's, it is, uh, it's going to be interesting. I just feel like it's going to be really interesting with the Cavs. Uh, it, you know, love, you brought up Kevin Love, and I wasn't really even, I didn't even have notes on Kevin Love because I think the assumption is let's get rid of this guy however we got to do it. Right. But we're also at a point now where if they don't, if they can't come to that agreement on a buyout or obviously a, a trade scenario doesn't happen, he's going to be here. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a, he, he has to be a bench player at this point, and, and I think he yeah. knows it at this point. I think he knows it. Uh, I, don't know if, I don't know if that does something for him. I don't know if there's like some value to like, hey, you're now just like a 20-minute-a-night guy off the bench that's just going to be there to bring us some, like I feel like I feel like I could watch Ricky Rubio and Kevin Love off the bench like that that oh, could be okay no doubt. pick and pop like it, it 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 should work and it should work good like you bring Kevin yeah. off the again if he's healthy you bring right. Kevin off the bench and he can stretch the floor and he can still rebound and he can do all these things um so like yeah it would be great it's just we haven't seen it consistently in in a couple of years, and it's so hard, you know. We because uh, whenever we talk about Kevin, we bring up you know the the times he's acted out on the floor and stuff. And we talked about it yesterday because JB Bickerstaff was on RBS, and we played a lot of sound back on the next level, and it almost came across like we were talking talking about him like he was a terrible person. And I had to stop for a second. I'm like, hold on, hold on. This just doesn't feel right. Like, he's right. not a bad guy. 
Like he right. doesn't need to be here, but he's not a bad right. dude, you know? <laughs> right. like, and it's hard to convey both those thoughts because when you're saying like, man, we got to get this guy out of here, it sounds right. like he's an right. asshole, right? <laughs> like, like that's the way it goes. No, but I feel, like, I feel like if he wasn't due to make like 30 million, uh, oh, yeah, I, I also yeah. I also think Kevin Love would be like, yeah, I'd go to Portland. Like I'll right. go, I'll go back to Oregon or I'll go to you know like whatever. Right. It's fine. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's the same. It's what I said with Delhi. I don't care whether it's even Kyrie and all the bad kind of blood that he left with and all that stuff. Uh, that 2016 team, we don't we don't. They have a level of protection around them. There is a bubble yeah. around that group. We're not <laughs> talking bad about these guys. They won a championship, including future pro right. golfer J.R. Smith. Uh, uh, yeah, so so listen, uh, it, it should be really interesting. Do you see the Cavs doing anything else this offseason? Like, uh, or is it, do you think, just kind of minor stuff to fill out roster? Um, that kind of deal? Yeah, nothing nothing of consequence. You know, I mean, they have a mid-level exception. Maybe they find a guy, you know, to kind of, kind of come off the bench and a veteran or somebody. I saw um, uh, a list, and they said the Cavaliers could sign Thon Maker. I was like, oh, all right, <laughs> oh. <laughs> like sure, you know. <laughs> okay, you could Thon. bring you could bring Thon Maker back to the Cavs. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. it's just like, oh, okay, you know. So okay. I don't think it's anything anyone's going to be excited about. You know, what we should be excited <laughs> about is the growth of Darius Garland. <laughs> you know, uh, you're talking about Thon Maker helped to carry the team yes. to 20 wins. Thon Maker, that guy. That guy, no offense. I saw no I, I saw an actual article that said <laughs> he would be a great piece for the Cavaliers uh, to be part of the second rotation. And I was just like, oh, wow, this is where this is where we are. huh?" Uh, <laughs> I mean, they reached out to Danny Green, you know, tried to sign Danny yeah. Green. He wasn't interested. You know, that would have been cool. But like, I get it. Nobody wants to come play in Cleveland right now. And I get it. Don Maker couldn't be part of the Except second rotation Maker. the first time he was here. <laughs> <laughs> the Cleveland Cavaliers are bringing back yeah. Luke Heron, Goaty. Right. <laughs> uh, right. Isaiah right. Hardenstein coming back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no. Uh, all right. Let's go. Uh, Donald I Sloan. <laughs> he just turned down his money. He turned down his like $2.5 million option. He was like, listen, I can't be. Right. <laughs> what the hell? All right, Isaiah. You, you know, we don't feel bad talking shit about you, Isaiah. Yeah. Uh, right. You, you don't have a level of protection, Hartenstein. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, let's hit on a little bit of the rest of the NBA and everything that's kind of gone on. And so I thought with this one, we would just do some quick hitters uh, because there's been okay. a lot of moves around the NBA. It's it's weird. And we'll go kind of I have a few set up. It's weird to me, though, because it seems like there's been a ton of moves and a ton of things that people have talked a lot about. I don't know how much of it really moves the needle. So we'll get into that because it mm-hmm. feels like there's just a lot of these like, oh, that guy went there. OK, so let's start with the first one. And, and it was my initial reaction to this deal. It was Westbrook to the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And I went, OK, Russell Westbrook, nothing. Don't have anything bad to say about West, Russell Westbrook. Other than like, does that really move the needle for the Lakers? Yeah, what are your I, thoughts? My reaction was, and I actually like Russell Westbrook a lot, but I just felt like, how does that work? Like, yeah, you look at names on a marquee and you're like, wow. But on the floor, like, 
I don't know, like, doesn't he need the ball to be effective? And, you know, I think LeBron, you kind of want to run the offense through him. And um, I'm just not sure how that's going to work. You know, I, it could work out great, but that was my my thing was, okay, they got a big name, but I'm not sure how much better they are. I'm sure they're going to look back. I'm I'm sure through an 82-game uh, NBA regular season, if they're struggling at times, they're totally going to look back on the conversation of, them putting their egos aside yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and playing right. together. Like, no, like, no, like, I mean, when they're on the floor competing, I think that's, I, I think that's still going to come out of them. Their, their ego is going to come out of them because that's just, I mean, all professional athletes have them. So it's just, mm-hmm. it, I, I, I don't think they're going to be able to keep that uh, under wraps throughout the course of an 82 game regular season. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out in my opinion. Yeah, I said, I was like, I don't know that I've ever seen a team make more moves that I was like, who the hell cares? Like, I think the Carmelo <laughs> move to the Lakers is kind of cool, right? I yeah. don't know how much Carmelo has because he still can be a good shooter, a good scorer. And I think watching him play with LeBron is kind of fun. Like, that's that's cool. Uh, but, like, they're like, oh, Lakers brought in Trevor Ariza. I'm like, Jesus Christ, how long is Trevor Ariza going to play? Like, yeah. And I don't know that Trevor Ariza has done anything good in the league in like four years. Like, okay. Trevor Ariza. Dwight LeBron put out the tweet. Like, okay. I see everyone talking about how old we are. Then like, listen, Brian, just face it, bro. You got an old team and everybody's playing for the minimum, except for you, Westbrook and AD. And you know, you're just, you're just hoping that they got enough in the tank to help you guys when you get to the playoffs. But that's so that's very standard LeBron stuff, right? Like, yeah, yeah. All right, let's let's find everything we can to fuel us, which is fine. It worked. It worked for him, obviously. Right. So conversely, let's go to the team the Lakers made the deal with, because I'm interested in this one. Is Kyle Kuzma, Bradley Beal and Spencer Dinwiddie better than Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal? Wow. Um maybe a game or two, you know, <laughs> like, um, like, I, I mean, they definitely, they got more value, you know, headed back to Washington uh, because they obviously, they got more guys and, and you feel like, okay, you don't have all that salary clogged up with just Bill and, and Westbrook. Um, so I'm not sure how much better they are either because how happy is Bradley Bill? You know, right. I, you know, it's it's um it's weird to your point. All of the shuffling of the cards that happened, a lot stayed the same in the NBA. I I feel like the one thing I and I, I should have thrown in Contavious Caldwell Pope and Montres Harrell. <laughs> yeah, because I think I think that all of them are a better team for Washington together than what they had. Well, yeah, you got uh, more pieces, right? You know, like, like but decent pieces, like not yeah, they're not yeah, trash. Yeah. Like, if you have one all-purpose tool in your toolbox, like, that's cool. But, you know, maybe the Phillips head doesn't fit all the screws, right? But if you got a full <laughs> variety of screwdrivers and a couple hammers and a couple of different things, then you're in better situation. Um, you know, now it's up to your skill. You might still be a shitty carpenter, but at least you have uh, <laughs> more utensils and tools to work with. <laughs> Yeah, I've got my Phillips head and my flathead. And then every time I buy something that needs assembling, it comes with one of those like star. Right. And you're like, how in the hell did I do this? What the hell is that? (laughs) 
Allen yeah. wrench. Come on, you know that. No, <laughs> not no, not the Allen wrench. It's like the star. Oh, oh the different. star. Okay, okay. <laughs> like that's yeah. everywhere. Like like everybody has one of those. Right, right. When we moved in here and we put uh, the TV on the wall upstairs, I had to make four trips to Home Depot. Like it was just whatever tool we had was not the right tool. So I had to keep going to Home Depot. It was ridiculous. Okay, next up, the Bulls. And this is another one that I just, uh, I don't know because I don't know if I love the pieces, right? So the Bulls mm-hmm. add Alex Caruso. Okay. Mm-hmm. Lonzo Ball. Okay. Okay. Right. Uh, the one that I've had the most conversation with people on is Demar Derozan. Mm-hmm. Because I, it, what is he like? Are we still talking about Demar Derozan like he's a star player? Yeah, he ha- at least he hasn't looked like one over the past few years. And I wonder how much of that is, you know, the whole Popovich system and the way they do things in San Antonio. Um, the Bulls did get better. Are they championship contenders? God no. <laughs> You know, um, are they better than the Hawks? Mm, probably not. You know, so I think they're fifth, sixth, seventh seed in the East, you know, um, but they did improve. And I guess that's all you can ask for. I, you know, I saw someone talking about them and was like, that's their move. Like, and it's in uh, the thought was, well, there's one of two things you can do. You can say, all right, we're just going to keep being terrible and get all the players we currently have used to losing or we can get as good as we can be and maybe we make the playoffs. So I don't fault them, you know, for making moves and just trying to improve, you know, but uh, yeah, they're, I, I don't think they're going to be in the second round of the playoffs next year. Uh, uh, I saw online today. It was um, <laughs> Will Ferrell. I, I don't mean it like, like, I don't know if it's off topic a little bit, just a little bit, but Will Ferrell's like sports highlights that are really funny. And it, was, it, it showed the one with him and Drake as coaches and DeMar DeRozan in there. And he's like, they were like making fun of his name. He's like, DeMar. What's it? He's like, DeMar, I say it. DeMar, I don't like it. <laughs> I that was funny. That was funny. But, I don't know. He was like, I thought he was like a good, like third player in Toronto. I, I don't know. It just, and, and Zach Levine. So when I think of, let's go back to the cast for a second. I think Zach Levine has got a little of the Colin Sexton thing going on, right? Like he's a Zach Levine's a good player. He's right. a good player, but like he's being looked at as like, all right, you're the franchise in Chicago. Right. Is right. Zach Levine a franchise player? Uh he could be part of a big three, but he wouldn't be one. You know, and no. I, I think that's what it comes down to. And more than likely he would be three, which still it's so funny when we talk about things like this, it sounds disrespectful, but it's like, Hey, you're an all-star. Like, that's great. You know, <laughs> like that's, that's cool, yeah. but he can't do it by himself. He needs to have at least, at least one more player better than him. And you bring in DeRozan and I don't think DeRozan is better than Levine, you know, best case scenario, scenario, they're equal, you know, so they got better and they'll win a few more games, but you know, just, nothing exciting. I don't think they go very far. And I think it goes back to like what we've talked about on this podcast. The NBA is so like superstar, but like to be a superstar in the NBA, there's not, there's not as many as people talk about, like to be a true superstar in the NBA, right. to be a true franchise player, you've got your handful of them. And then like, like mm-hmm. you just got to be really good. You got guys that are like on the outskirts of that, you know, Devin Booker just made that name for himself. Uh, really? But right, right. Like 
to carry a team. I, I just, I'm and looking then, at all these I mean, moves. You take the, like, go ahead. And especially when you look at the, the top five players in the league are kind of split up between two teams. So that makes it even harder, you know, to really make right. any uh, type of, of uh, way and get closer because there's just there's two teams that have the majority of the superstars in the NBA. Yeah, so I just we have this conversation on this podcast a lot because Chad and I heavily disagree on this. Uh, but you brought it up, right? You've got like a lot, a lot of the top five are just split up against amongst two teams. It could be the whole top five, almost. Yeah, uh, yeah, almost. Uh, so there's this super team thing in the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. It's my contention that it happens in other sports too. It's just not as impactful because, yes, it does. You are so crazy if you think NFL players don't like talk to each other, and then like one team joins and one guy joins a team with his buddy. Like, yes, it does happen. Yeah, it's just I mean, not as impactful. We've seen teams in the NFL with a big three, you know, like the Cowboys with Aikman, you know, Smith and Irving. Like, sure. yeah, like that's look a at big the Tampa three. Bay Buccaneers right hey, now. Look at the guys that are just crazy. joining the Buccaneers. Look at the Browns. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Right. It sound like there's a bunch of great players on the Browns, but in football, it's just harder. In basketball, I mean, you know, you got a couple guys they can win you a game. Uh, in baseball, doesn't really matter either because you can right. have a great lineup. If your pitcher sucks that night, it doesn't matter. If you've got great pitching, if your lineup doesn't hit, it doesn't matter. So uh, super teams aren't quite as effective in other sports, but they do exist. I do agree with that. So, and that's why, and and that's why for me, it, it, it's just the NBA is so predictable because yes, I've never said that it doesn't happen in other sports because it does, but it, it, it's. Well, 11, it, it, as Mike said, it, it's not as impactful when 11 guys, you know, when 11 guys are coming together, they have to come together uh, as a team and work it out. You can have two or three guys in the NBA and win you a championship. And that's why I, it, to me, the NBA is just so predictable. Like I'm fully expecting a Lakers Nets finals next year, uh, Emmett. Were we expecting, expecting that this year, though? Like we expected until, it until this everybody year too. got injured, though. Until right. everybody got injured, though. Right. Well, that as, long as, as long as they stay healthy, I'm fully expecting a Lakers-Nets finals next year. And that's why, like, when I go into every NBA season, when I, when I see, again, like a team like the Nets, are, oh, 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 they're going to be there in the end. Okay, great. Like, like, if I'm a Sacramento fan, I have no reason to watch. I have no reason to watch my team because I know they're not going to be there. But I will, I'm also going to say, like, everybody brings up the injuries. There's never been a year where injuries haven't taken down good teams, right? Like, Especially these guys are all injury-prone, too. They're the, right. some of the greatest players ever, but they're kind of made of a, a glass a little bit. Um, so it's highly likely that Kyrie Irving will miss a bunch of games. Like, doesn't, He always misses a bunch well, of games. You're starting to see no one, LeBron starting to waver a little bit, too, from a health standpoint. No, one, get, was hurt in two, no one was hurt in 2016. I mean, Andrew Bogut was their center, and I know we oh, talked about oh no, 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 no. Andrew <laughs> Bogut was a piece for that team. He was important well, to them. Draymond Green, Dray got, Dray got Dray sat out for a year or for a, yeah, a 2015. Game. There were injuries yeah. with Love and Kevin Kyrie, Love. You know, yeah, sure, yeah. Well, so, well I'm, I'm just saying, Mike, Mike said there's never been a year where that like people oh, haven't okay. been injured. 
So that's that's why I brought that up. There hasn't. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you son of a. It's every year, and you just got to. That's why it's it's not always just the number one team. It's it's the team that is playing the best and is healthy. And that was the Bucks. I, I just, I just, to me, yeah, to me, that just doesn't exist in the NBA. As long as as long as a team with the most superstars on it stays healthy in going into the playoffs, I think I think that's who wins the NBA title. Well, the 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 Suns, the Suns, and Milwaukee. As as much as I loved that series, this I actually watched the NBA Finals this year, Emmett, because there was actually mm-hmm. fresh blood in it. That I actually yeah. watched it for the first time. I mean, obviously, I'm going to watch the Cavs. Obviously, I I'm not going to complain about the Cavs being in the Finals four straight years. But like right. outside of that, like I just I just had no interest. But because there was fresh blood this year, that Bucks Sun series was awesome. I to me. To me. I bet. I'm putting we're putting a 12 pack on it right now, Chad. It will not be the Lakers and the Nets in the finals next year. Okay. okay. 12 mm. pack on it. 12 mm. pack yeah. on it. Mm. Virtual shake, shake, shake. Virtual okay. handshake. <laughs> right. Okay. Sounded right a little dirty. Uh, hey, hey. So so it's been it's been hectic in the NBA. The the summer league's going on. It's one of my favorite things of the whole year. It's it's like the opposite. I think the NFL combine is the worst thing that happens all year. The NBA Summer League is one of my favorite things that happens all year, but it's almost for the same reason. Everybody is just going crazy right now. Like if yeah, you go yeah. on Cavs Twitter right now, Isaac Okoro is Scottie Pippen. Like because <laughs> he's dominating the right. summer league. He's dominating right. the summer league. He is Scottie Pippen. Uh, but it's just fun. It's it's fun. Uh, you know they 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 go for a while and and you know not being able to watch the Cavs go into the playoffs the past few years. It's fun to be talking about them again. Uh, let's just hit on a couple of things real quick uh, uh, before we let Emmett out of here. We got to talk a little bit about the Browns because, again, it's been a couple weeks. Oh, yeah. Uh, but since our last episode, the dominoes started to fall for the Browns. Uh, it was Nick Chubb who got the first extension from the team of the, the big group that needed an extension. Uh, mm-hmm. As we sit and wait for more news from Denzel, uh, Denzel Ward, Wyatt Teller, and obviously Baker Mayfield, what do you think it signified that it was Chubb that got that first deal? I mean, uh, Miles Garrett got the first deal, but Chubb this offseason right. got the first. I mean, I think it, I think it says a lot about first of all where he was chronologically in his contract. You know, just he was in the last year of his contract, and you don't want to let a guy like that get away. And I'm sure from his standpoint, he didn't want to play this year without any security you know, of having a a contract extension. So I think it just was the perfect storm. And look, they love Chubb. Everybody loves Chubb. And he didn't try to take them to the cleaners either. You know, like he, I don't think this gets done if he goes, I need 17 million a year, you know, right? right, right. you know, so I think that's what it was. It was a lot of things, but they all broke in the right way and everyone was reasonable. Um, so I think that's why he was the first one because he, he might be the easiest. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Emmett, that's Emmett, so true. Emmett, do you know what you just said? What did I just say? Do you have any idea what you just said? You no. just said you were talking about the Cleveland Browns and you said the sentence, everybody was reasonable. And I've never yeah. heard that before. I've never yeah. heard that before. Hey, listen, Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski, they have worked wonders for this this franchise. And um, I've had an opportunity over the past few years to get to know Andrew Barry a little bit. I'm a a huge fan of the person that he is. He's a really good guy. 
And um, again, he's sensible, he's reasonable, and, and he's obviously he's smart. <laughs> and I think guys appreciate that. I know I love reasonable people. Well, you know, when, yes, when it's like yes. when reasonable people disagree, they're just like, okay, I see where you coming from i don't agree but okay you know not maniacs (laughs) like you have to feel how i feel you know you are scum of the earth like you know i just i hate that part of it um but they're very very reasonable and that's what the browns have needed for a long time my only complaint on andrew barry is that i wish he was like 15 years older so it didn't make me feel like such a waste (laughs) yeah he just turned 34 Right, Woo! like I think okay. at, at thirty four, I was I was a part time board op, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like Jesus. <laughs> He's just out there like having kids and putting together a like a crazy good NFL squad, and I'm just over here like, oh, I guess it's Margarita Tuesday, uh, right? That's, that's what I do. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I, the, the the whole backfield thing. I don't know what it says. I don't know what it says. I, I think it says like people want to be here. It's so weird. Yeah. I don't know how to feel about that. Yeah. I think it says Nick Chubb just wants to be here. I think it says Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt love playing together. Like, I think those two guys yeah. legitimately like love each other and love playing with each other because both of them could have gotten more money than what they got. And very yeah, similar. I, but looking like looking from it from, you know, like Nick Chubb had to share a backfield in Georgia with Sony Michelle, you know, and Sony Michelle got yeah, drafted yeah. ahead of him too, you know? So he comes here like, okay, I'm going to be the feature back in, in the, remember the Browns, was it the second game of the year? They got rid of uh, Carlos Hyde. Like they just yes, got yeah. rid of him. It was like, <laughs> you're the guy. You know? <laughs> yeah. Bye. No, yeah. I, uh, that's that's when John Dorsey went. Listen, you're playing Nick Chubb. It was it was, li- it was a little. It was a little. It was like whenever they played Oakland, when Chubb it was right before, right after Oakland, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it was right after Oakland because Chubb had those like he had like three rushes for 154 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, he was averaging like 60 <laughs> yards a rush. Yeah, I think like Carlos Hyde, uh, his like wife had a baby, and then they traded him the next day. You know, it was, it was, it was something like that. Right. Yeah. Brutal. You know, so I think you, I think Chubb is like, wow, these guys believed in me and, you know, wanted me Ooh. to be their feature back. And then if you're Kareem, you're like, bro, I was out of the NFL and nobody wanted yeah. to touch me. And my hometown mm-hmm. team reached out, you know, gave me an opportunity and then offered yeah. me a contract extension. So I think they're both, um, thankful and grateful for the opportunity the Browns got them and they look at each other and go man together like who's gonna stop us and they just embrace right. it nobody right so uh it, it's different and you can feel that you can tell fans are not used to this right because mm-hmm. here's the, the issue now for I don't know I think as long as Haslam has owned the team I think the Browns have had like the most payroll in football, like the, the, the most space cap space mm-hmm, available right. in football. And they just let it go forever and ever. Cause they never had any players worth the damn signing. Right. Uh, so now it's a new thing and you can tell the fans aren't used to it because everybody's panicking. Oh my God. Should we have paid Chubb? Oh my God. What are we going to do? How do you sign this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy? And I don't think what people are thinking of is that's what good teams do. Right. Right. Like good teams. We're going to find out how good Andrew Barry and Paul D. Podesta, I think, gets a lot of credit in this in this structure of an organization that they have as well. We're going to find out how good they are mm-hmm. because good teams find a way to hone in on those players that have to be there. 
And then what you're going to find, Browns fans, and it might suck sometimes, some of these other players that you love are going to rotate. Yeah, and there's going to oh, be some yeah. guys that come in and go out, and that's how good teams operate. Yeah, you got two wide receivers making $15 million a year. That ain't mm-hmm. going to last long. You know, no. like that, that was a luxury you could have right. when Baker was in and Denzel and Miles were all on rookie deals. You could do that at some point. One of those guys, I think ultimately it'll it'll end up being OBJ, but uh then you get 15 million back, right? And that's how you right. figure out, okay, well, Denzel, now that's you know, he kind of slides into that cap spot. Um, so right. they'll be able to figure it out, and you just gotta draft good. Because ultimately, great teams, they draft good. The guys get to where it's time to make some money. And if you can afford them, you sign them. And if not, you say, thank you for your service. You let them go on and cash out. And the next draft pick comes in and you continue that cycle. And you know what? And, and you know, you, we talk about that so casually, but it, but it like in the years past, that has been such a problem. It's, it's all of these Browns, former Browns regimes have been uh, like, it seems like they've overthought everything, but it mm-hmm. just seems, you know, I, I've never seen, a Browns regime here in the last 20 years where uh, like Andrew Barry has done and, and, and have, has identified players, has identified needs and have picked the most talented players at those spots. It's just, it's such a weird thing <laughs> to have a front office. And that that is it's mm-hmm. like, has so much common sense, has so much common sense. <laughs> and, and they're reasonable, right? <laughs> like it's yeah. Well, here's yeah. the other thing. Here's the other thing I didn't see coming. This is the thing I didn't see coming because it's been a long time since we've been in this position. Uh, when you have a good team, the draft is so much easier. When you have a good team, yeah. the draft, yeah. like you think, oh, do you want the 26th pick in the draft or whatever pick we had? Uh, wouldn't you rather have a top 10 pick? I don't know. There's good players at 26 yeah. and you have a good team. Just pick a good guy and put him on the team. And like, I didn't realize how easy that was. It's great for it's great as a fan. Sucks as a sports talk show host, right? Because nobody's burning <laughs> up the phone lines to talk about who you wanted twenty six, right? Like just nobody gives a damn. Like they don't. They're like, who was who right. was in the last mock draft? Yeah, give us that guy. We don't care. Um, so right. <laughs> it's right. great for fans. Right. Bad for my business. <laughs> Coming, Coming up, up, what does Baker Mayfield like to grill on Thursday night? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, what position should they target at twenty six? And you're like, we're loaded. Like, I care, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's probably going to be a good pick, knowing these guys. So go ahead. Right. It does. It certainly feels like those are the priority, though. Right. It, it feels. It, it, I'd be shocked if a deal didn't get done with the other three guys. Right. Like Baker's going to get a deal done. We're all talking about Baker. Like, uh, if, if Brown fans should know anything, it's that it's impossible to find a franchise quarterback and you've got a guy that can be your franchise quarterback. So he'll yeah. get his deal. Why don't get his deal. Denzel will get his deal. It feels like they're all going to get their deal. Yeah. I think if there's going to be an odd man out, it may be white, you know, because if you think about it, corner cover or cover corners as good as Denzel Ward, they're tough to find, right? Franchise Correct. quarterbacks tough yeah. to find. You can find a guard. You know, like you might not be, he might might not be as good as Wyatt, but when Jack Conklin's the best right tackle in the league and JC Treader is a very good center, you can put an okay guard, you know, there on the right side. Um, Obviously, you know, maybe he does stick around, but if he wants to cash in, I'm not sure the Browns will go like, yo, we can't be playing 
paying a guard 12, 13 million dollars a year, you know, especially Batonio, right. you know, makes right. a decent amount. So I think Wyatt ultimately might be the odd man out, but I'm not worried about Denzel or Baker at all. Yeah. So how much have you been spending some time out of camp? Oh, uh, I've only got to go out to camp um, one day and that was last week on Friday. You know, it's, okay. it's, it's open, but it's a lot stricter on the um, yeah. number of uh, credentials that they have and yeah. stuff like that, you know, due to COVID. Yeah, I have. I, I guess I just uh, I had a crazy week last week. Part of the reason we weren't on and uh, I haven't been paying close attention. I just uh, do. You know, what are they saying about some of the rookies? Like, what are they saying is uh, Newsom? J.O.K. Yeah. I know had to miss some time, but how's he doing a camp now? Like, what are you hearing yeah, about? Uh, some Newsom, of the young guys? By all accounts, Newsom looks really good. Um, you know, well, it sounds like, and again, these are just opinions of people that I've talked to, not, you know, anyone in the front office or anything, but it sounds like, you know, right now he's kind of the leader for the corner opposite of greedy, but greedy is out there and he's practicing every day and still doing yeah. pretty good, um, as well. I haven't really heard a lot about JLK and that's why I'm looking forward to Saturday. You know, to yeah. see, get him on the field sure. and see what yeah. he can do in that first preseason game. Uh, you know, I think they're starting to get concerned with Delpit, you know, but they yeah. understand he's coming back from an Achilles tear and he just mm-hmm. may not be ready, you know, at the start of the season. Not saying he's going to be on the pup list or anything like that, but yeah. I'm just not sure he's going to be a guy that's going to be ready to start, you know. Um, so that's kind of with the younger guys what's going on. Um, but you know, they, they got a really good defensive line and the corners are, are deep and solid, you know? So, uh, I think they're going to be all right. Talk to me about Donovan people's Jones. Cause uh, everything <laughs> I see is he is just lighting it up. Like he's like Braylon Edwards, but like not Braylon Edwards right. <laughs> because he's like a Michigan receiver who can catch like, what, oh, there it is. Me, that part. Talk, yeah. talk to, what is talk that to me? <laughs> Talk to me more like like what's what what is what has been like from what you're hearing or people you're talking to what is what is why is he standing out so much in camp? Uh, he's he's just improved. He's taken another step, right? And um, I think he's showing fans uh, how rewarding patience can be. You know, a lot of times you draft a guy and you're like, oh, he's not a Hall of Famer week one. Like this guy sucks. Um, But (laughs) in reality, a lot of these young guys like they need to mature and they need to grow. And I think you're seeing that from DPJ. I also think you're seeing, you know, what the Browns looked at when they drafted him and and they thought ahead and said, hey, when we got to let one of these big money receivers go, we'll have somebody ready to step in. And I think that's what you're seeing from uh, DPJ right now. But he's tearing it up. He's out there tearing it up for sure. All right. I saw this on Twitter before we get off the Browns. And do you still have a, a couple more minutes with us, Emmett? You okay with that? Yeah. Yeah. A couple minutes. Okay. Right. Yep. Uh, I saw this on Twitter and I loved it before we get off the Browns. And we got a quick thing on the tribe. Uh, but uh, they said, pick a Browns player from 99 to present, not named Joe Thomas, Phil Dawson, or Josh Cribbs that you would mm-hmm. want to see on this team. And I thought, <sighs> Okay, because oh, wow. obviously yeah. that's ninety eight percent of the response is going to be those three guys. Right, right, man. That's a really good question. Wow, man. Yeah, you should have given me some homework. Like, uh, <laughs> no, we, no, 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 no. We that's put you a, on the spot here, Emmett. Yes, that's Travis, a tough Travis one. Prentice. Travis, Travis Prentice. Prentice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. I mean, not right now. Um, 
and not in recent history, but in his prime, Kellen Winslow Jr. Oh, you oh know? yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously not right now because he's going no. through a bunch of crazy <laughs> sure. He's going away. Sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> he likes those older yeah. ladies. Uh, yeah, but, you know, for his ability when he came into the league and when he was healthy, I mean, if you were able to put him, I mean, he's your Travis Kelsey. You know, yeah. he would be yeah. an oh, upgrade over Austin Hooper, you know. 100%. Yeah, so that would be my answer. Another oh, player of value I can think of, and it's not necessarily an upgrade, is Alex Mack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, that, that yeah. might be good, okay. one, but also like, I like JC. So I don't, I don't know if that's like, yeah, right, you know, right. Like, but <laughs> that's not a necessarily a deficiency that we have, right? Can I just say something before, like, I give my like? It always seemed like I loved K two because it always seemed like it didn't matter whether we're like two, three, four, five guys on him. He was coming mm-hmm. down with the ball. Yeah. It, yeah. He made the toughest catch. It was so good. Uh, in there. Um, who? Oh, it's a God, shame that that team, while you think it's a shame that that team fell mm-hmm. apart the way that it did. Right. Because yeah, there was so much potential there. <sighs> ben Gay. I, uh, oh, Ben Gay. Ben Gay. I would love to see Ben Gay. Oh, no. I, God, there's so many. <laughs> oh, no, Back no. there with Chubb. <laughs> honestly if if i had to pick one and this probably won't won't be a popular one but i always really liked him and really liked the way he played was uh dalen mccutcheon i really thought he was a like one of the most solid players on one of those early browns teams when they came back i thought he was really solid really a a, a good cover corner not great that's all but i always loved the way he played i thought Mm -hmm. he was our best corner so i had two that i was going between because and I know it's sacrilegious around here now because everybody loves the Scottish hammer. But hammer didn't have the greatest year last year. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Chris Gardaki, Chris Gardaki was like the best punter in football for like a thousand years, but that's where we're at. Right. The Browns is that like, right. maybe the punter, maybe the punter. Uh, but my right. favorite Brown since they came back still to this day, my favorite Brown since they came back was Jameer Miller. I loved Jameer Miller. I thought he was, yeah. I thought he was way better than That's anybody ever gave him credit for. And I think he would like actually fit with this team. So Jameer Miller, I would love to see. So anyways, off the Browns, let's hit the tribe real quick before we let Emmett go. Emmett go. Uh, and because we haven't been on since the deadline, I think the Indians were smart during the trade deadline. I don't know how, how you feel about it, Emmett. I feel like they were fairly smart, mm-hmm. right? Like they didn't go into it with a buy or sell mentality other than they sold a couple of guys that weren't going to be here for a while. Like Eddie Rosario wasn't going to be here for the next 10 years. Cesar, as much as people love Cesar, wasn't part of like this long-term solution here with the Indians. And they, they got rid of a couple of those guys. They bring in this Miles straw guy who like immediately becomes our best outfielder. And it was Mm kind of quiet, but the whole thing made sense. And it was like, understanding that we're not going for it this year because of a lot of circumstances, but also like we're not giving up on next year. Right. Right. I, um, I agree. I think they did the right thing. I, you know, I feel like they sat down they said, listen, if we buy, we might, might make the wild card, but do we really want to do that right now with Tito's health? Cause obviously they knew a lot more than we knew, you know, before right. the announcement. So, they looked and they said, hey, it's the trade deadline. Let's go ahead and move a couple guys. Tito, go take care of your health. 
and we're going to let our pitchers get healthy and not have, worry about rushing them back. Because if you try to make the wild card, then you're going to be like, yo, come on, Bieber, we need to get you out there. Come on, Savali, Savali, let's hurry up and let, let's right. get these guys out here. Yeah. And you don't want to do that. Um, so, look. They still have an MVP candidate on the roster with uh, Jose Ramirez. Framil Reyes has been great this year, yes. and I think he's I only going to get better. Um, I think Bobby Bradley, even though he's on the IL, uh, IL right now, I think we saw some good stuff from him. So the future for the, the Guardians is in a um, you know is in a good place. You know, <laughs> it's in a good place, and I think next year they could make the playoffs. I, I tell you what, how nice of a surprise has Cal Quantrill been? Oh, like, come, yeah. Yeah. really been coming along. He's here in the corner. Yeah, yeah, and I know early on he kind of struggled to find his his footing or whatever, but he has the stuff. There's no doubt about that, and it seems like he's putting it together. Even Tristan McKenzie, you know, a guy like that's kind of been up and down, and now you tell yourself, well, you can just let him grow for the rest of the season. Yeah. You know, yes. you don't have to live and die right. with every outing or inning because you're like, oh, we're trying to make the playoffs. You could just let them mature and grow, and that's going to pay off big time next but, year. And that's not well, a luxury you generally get because, I mean, we've been blessed with incredible pitching prospects that have just been game ready, MLB ready, as soon as they come up. And right. we didn't have that this year when we had the injuries to the starting rotation. So it's it's almost kind of nice that you get a little bit of time for them to just have kind of no pressure starts where they can kind of work through some things figure some things out at the big league level and uh, hopefully build some uh, some good foundation for next year. Also, yeah. Cal Quantro is uh, a third of an inning away from his he got it. six sixth straight quality start. Yep. Mm, he's throwing six, six shutout innings tonight. Incredible. And he's, uh, he may nice. still be going. Yeah, I read something. If he had the innings, he would qualify with like the seventh lowest ERA in the American League or something like that. Wow. Like, yeah. Yeah. Listen, I love what you said about Tristan McKenzie. You got to, I, I think tribe fans need to remember for one second that this guy never pitched above double A before <laughs> yeah. he came up to major league baseball. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I, but I also think like, I also think there's an element and I, and I, and I hope there's something I hate about baseball. If there's one thing I like that really drives me crazy about baseball, it's that feeling. And we've had it with Cleveland. It, it was with Francisco Lindor. They wouldn't bring him up forever. Oh, he's not ready. Mm-hmm. He's not ready. Right. My dude, get that guy up here. Like mm-hmm. we're, we're watching schlubs at shortstop. Can you please bring Francisco Lindor up? It's that same kind of thing. Get Tristan McKenzie. Now you, you can't do it every year, especially when you're chasing a pennant that puts a lot of pressure on a young right. player. But I love what you said about Tristan. Listen, we're not going for it. You trust the coaches to be like, dude, whether you throw seven shutout innings or you get shelled in the second, go out there and learn something. Like, get better. Right. And next right. year when and we're going smart. for a World Series, you better be ready. Yeah, and he he's picked pick stuff up quickly, and his stuff is A-plus stuff. You're right? Yeah. Like, oh, it's not that, 100%. like, his – yeah, his stuff is Cy Young types. That he has to learn how to pitch, right? He has to learn right. how to go through a right. big league lineup Control three times. And, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Yeah. So, what kind of phone calls were you getting, Emmett, uh, when last <laughs> week when they announced when they announced the the stadium renovations, uh, four hundred and thirty five million dollars? Uh, what what were you seeing as the reaction to that? 
we got absolutely no calls because (laughs) nobody (laughs) talked about the Indians. We couldn't talk about the Indians right now if we paid people to call because it's it's all Browns right now. It's all Browns. Even with the the Cavaliers draft, there was a little (laughs) bit of buzz on draft day. You know, there was a little bit of buzz, sure. but as soon as the trade deadline came oh. and Francona stepped down, by the way, bravo by Indians PR, right? Like, bra- yeah. like they announced all that stuff, understanding this city and where it's at, and that the diehard Indians fans were going to hear it and they were going to have opinions, but the bandwagon right. fans that fill stadiums and ballpark, they ain't worried no, about no, it at no. all. No. <laughs> they're not worried about God. it at all. And I was... I'll say as an organization, the Indians have always done a great job with that type of stuff. Like they know this city and they know how to, you know, throw some stuff out there and let it go away you know, <laughs> rather quickly. Well, the only thing that I wanted to say on it real quick was I think people need a little bit of a lesson in things in general. Mm-hmm. The city owned like all I saw Twitter, 435 million taxpayer dollars, this and that, and people just being grouchy as shit. Like it's there. Like you paid. First of all, I live in Lorraine. Yeah, right. I right. ain't even going towards that, but like, right. This, this, <laughs> I think people need to understand just real quick. Who owns the stadium? The city. Yeah. The city. Right. So like, it's the same thing as if you rent an apartment, who's responsible for like the upkeep of said apartment. If you need new carpet, do you need to go out and buy new carpet? No. No. Does the right. landlord? The managers. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. So the the fact that owners of these teams throw in, because the Indians said they're going to throw in, I don't remember, it was a lot, a lot of, million. Yeah. Yeah. Into yeah. That, or then they'll pay just, for a player. <laughs> Shut up, <laughs> right. I'm sorry. Right. Was I not supposed right. to say that? Hey, that's yeah. what I was about to say. Too like, soon. Listen, <laughs> we're gonna, I was waiting we're, for somebody to be, say it. <laughs> we're going to be giving out $300 million contracts when uh, people are giving out $700 million. Oh, hey, no. we got $150 mil there for the, for, for the stadium. <laughs> we got $150 mil we can throw in. But here's the other thing. The city isn't just putting that money in and then getting nothing out of it. Like, yeah, the right. city is taking money out of that stadium, too. Like, it's, it's not just a give. So I, I don't know. I, th- I just think it's exciting. I think I think everything going on with the Indians this year sucked. The injuries. Mm. Plus, I don't think they were not a World Series contender to start the year. They weren't. Right. Everything would have had to go more than right for them to be a World Series contender. But you know what? Mm. Like you said, I what they did at the deadline gave me more hope than I've had for the Indians since a couple years ago, when they were like the fact that they didn't sell off was like, okay, that means they're feeling okay. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. the talk of a, of a, a minority owner coming in would be nice. To that's more money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, we might be on the way. And who doesn't want a nice stadium? Like, have a nice stadium downtown. Make it cooler. There's some things in that stadium that need fixed. So Yeah, and the, yeah. like the renderings that I saw, like, it all looks amazing. It looks like it'll yeah. look awesome. All right, so my last question for you before we let you go, Emmett. We know you're, uh, we know you're an EPL guy. And that's getting started next week. Uh, Saturday right. morning, my spur. I mean, Sunday morning, my Spurs will yes. be taking on Man City. Oof. Soccer Oof. season ended. I thought soccer just just goes all year long. It kind of does. It's yeah, only been yeah, like eighty does. days. Right. Everything <laughs> starts to the Saturday. Right. Yeah. So, how are you feeling about your Spurs? 
Oh, they had a decent man. year last year. Yeah, but, you know, you got Harry Kane trying to force his way out, which is weird, too, because, like, he's a really nice guy. So he just tried to do, like, some strong arm <laughs> tactics, and they backfired. And he's like, I don't know what anybody's talking about. You know, like, it's in America, holdouts are part of the business, right? Right. Well, in the Premier League, you don't do that. Like, you can show up to practice and be like, hey, I don't want to be here. And they'll be like, we'll figure it out. Just become the practice. You right. he skipped practice for a week and the fans turned on him so hardcore. And he was just <laughs> the golden boy of Tottenham. And the fans went crazy. Even, and he really? there. Yeah, he's like, I don't know what uh, any of you guys are talking about. So they got to figure that out. They've made some good moves um, during the I think he reported, window. by the way. Yes, 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 so, he did. He's uh, been training on a pitch by himself. Uh, as he quarantines, you know, since he got back from a holiday. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm excited, man. You know, they got a new uh, new coach with Nuno Espirito Sancho or whatever his name is. NES. Um, so I'm I like just, that. I'm excited. I, I have no idea. They signed a son to a uh, to a yeah. contract extension. He's my favorite player. Yeah, so I'm just like I'm just happy it's back, so I can wake up in the mornings, put on my Spurs kit, and uh, yell at the TV. Is there any hope for a team outside of City or or uh, uh, Chelsea? I mean, when City I mean, signed really. Grealish, I mean, when City signed Grealish, I was like, well, okay. And th- and they can you imagine Grealish and Kane? Right, right. <laughs> like there's talk like like Kane would come off the bench. You know, he would be a sub and it's like, wow, like, you know, he wants a trophy so bad. He'd go from being like the prize possession, you know, of North London to like just a guy on city. But you got to think it's it's like it's city, Chelsea, maybe Liverpool. And that's it. What Chad? Is, AF- is AFC Richmond still relegated? <laughs> <It's all right>. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, uh, at least at least Emmett, you get to talk about and follow a team that's just going to be consistently top half of the table. Yeah. Uh, I'm a right. Newcastle fan, and so oh, okay. They keep they keep trying to sell my team to a right. apparently <laughs> very wealthy Saudi Arabian group that just keeps getting vetoed out of it. And like, wow, it's it's explosive. It's explosive up there because like Mm -hmm. this Saudi Arabian group's like, we're going to come in and put all this money. We'll sign all the top level players like and and uh, it just keeps getting shot down. And the people in Newcastle are just going to they're just ready to explode because it's like. So the reason I follow Newcastle is they got compared to the Browns on ESPN once. And I was like, well, that's my team. Right. Like Like, there it is. Right. Like. A, a right. very storied franchise that has sucked for years. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And so I'm just going to go through the season hoping they don't get relegated. That's what I'm going to do. And that's, that's and that is cause for beers. Work. It's cause for beers at Saturday at seven o'clock in the morning. Let's go. Absolutely. It's got to be a rough, Absolutely. Got to be a rough contract for Messi, right guys? 2 years, 104 million. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like if PSG doesn't win the Champions League, shame on everybody. <laughs> you know, shame shame. <laughs> Literally shame on American sports yes. at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, Emmett Golden, we know you got to get going, you got to cover the end of this Indians game, uh and obviously you got to get up for work tomorrow. So Thank you so much for joining us. If you want to follow Emmett, if you're not already, egoldie80 on Twitter and uh, follow his Instagram page, but like, don't do it for weird reasons. 
just follow it for right. Emmett's purposes. Uh, but Emmett, thank you so much for joining us. I'm sure we'll catch up again down the road. Absolutely. You guys always enjoy hanging out with you. Just let me know and I'll be down to drink some more lemon haze IPA with you guys. And once again, a very, very huge special thank you uh, to Emmett Golden. Uh, guys, Emmett Golden is one of my favorite guys. You know, I, I love everybody that comes on our show. I love everybody that says, yes, I'll come on to the uh, Garage Beers podcast with you. I have so much fun talking to Emmett Golden. It's so much fun to listen to him. He brings great perspective. He's so smart about what he's talking about, obviously. And he's just a fun dude grabbing a beer, hanging out with us. Uh, uh, a huge thank you to Emmett Golden for appearing the second time with us. Uh, he brought a lot of good stuff there. I don't even know where to even start. We have some awesome guests, um, but there's a short list of people that like I'd include in like the backyard bonfire kind of thing, like having a beer, like chilling out and just like talking. He definitely makes that list. Yeah, you can see why. And again, it's it's very exciting for him that he he uh, he gets to work a lot more opportunities with ESPN Cleveland. Uh, but you can see why they did it, right? Like oh, he's yeah. just uh, you want that guy, you want that guy around your stuff. But you know, again, public service announcement to all of you out there that might listen to it: like, don't follow him on Instagram because of his wife. That's weird as hell. Don't do that. <laughs> I did while we were uh, talking about that. I did check it on Google and it checks out. Like it's definitely so when you type weird. in Emmett Golden in the Google, God. the tweet about his that wife just, comes up first. That just had to happen today, right? Like, why is why is that a thing? Like, I don't know. Why is that a thing today? <laughs> I I don't know how that happens or how like Google decides that that's going to be the first result that shows up. It's not like he's paying Google for ad space, like. It just has right, to be like the most right. like interacted <laughs> tweet really that he's said. It's just really freaking weird. Yeah. Uh, really good dude though. And, uh, and we're excited. Like, we'll have Emmett on. We'll check in with him throughout, uh, you know, Brown season and all that, but he's, he's a great dude. And we're very thankful for him coming on with us. Uh, speaking of guests, y'all just, just stay tuned to our, our social media. Uh, Cause we've got some very, very exciting special guests lined up. Uh, for the uh, upcoming few weeks. So make sure you stay tuned to that because we'll, we'll be making announcements and we're trying to get more, more fun with doing some hints. Chad put a good hint out there about uh, an Ohio State Buckeye we're going to have on uh, that you do not want to miss. So make sure you stay tuned to that. And speaking of the Ohio State Buckeyes, which doesn't directly transfer into this, but it's college football. Um, there's another thing that we kind of missed uh, with our two weeks off, guys. And that is this dramatically changing landscape uh, in college football. So yeah, I have to tell you when I first heard about this, I thought F this uh, because uh, of all the implications of it, but in the end, it's going to be fine. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma leave the big 12. They say it's going to happen in 2025, but they will, I guarantee you they'll be in the sec by 2023. Like I bet, I bet you this is their last year in the big 12. Yeah, uh, could be. You think Texas, they're going to fork over all that money, huh? Yes. Okay. There's SEC money. It, it's it's sure. they're not forking over that much. Uh, yeah. Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big Twelve and joining the SEC. God, that it's crazy. Not like I feel like I feel like that right there. Like when Texas A and M and you guys know I love me my Texas A and M and Missouri right. left the Big Twelve to go to the SEC. It didn't felt feel like it like created this like ripple effect, 
But Oklahoma mm-hmm. and Texas destroys the Big 12. That's the end of yeah. the Big 12. And yeah. now, now uh, I'm, really, I'm really interested in seeing what happens to the rest of college football. Well, I mean, I, that's Oklahoma, a huge Oklahoma, yes, but not Texas. I Texas. mean, for Texas and Oklahoma, that's like somewhat to save their programs a little bit. Like they, Texas are, is the money of the Big Twelve, Chad. Not really. Not yes, since Mac Brown. Not since Mac Brown left. No, it's Oklahoma, not about Oklahoma. Oklahoma has been the money. No, for, it for the has, no, it hasn't. How you, do you figure Texas? Texas brings in the most money in college athletics. Yes, Just they why? do because 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 they're in the Austin market. They're, they're not. It's not the where they play. Like, it's like, it's like their I, network. I, it's it's everything they have. There. Did you know? Did you hear? Did you hear the president of Texas get destroyed by like a congresswoman down there? Did you hear what their athletic budget is every year? No, Two hundred and fifty million dollars. Is it? Well, the football. Well, the football team certainly hasn't lived up to it. That's for sure. What's the thing that makes the Texas people mad? Is it when you like do like the thought like giggum like that? Is that horns, the horns down? Horns yeah. down. Horns Supposedly down. that's a penalty this year, by the way. Yeah, fuck that. I would do it every really? time. I'll take my 15 <laughs> yeah. yards. Yeah. Yeah. Pe- Penalize this. Penalty that- on the kickoff? Yeah. We take that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 10 times out of 10. You take that penalty. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, I mean, you can have all the budget in the world, but I mean, if if if, if, if you're not going to, I mean, it's not going to attract premier players if you're not good. Yes, he does. hasn't know. been good. Yes, but I th- he does. I th- I think you're also I think you're also just strictly and again, I want to talk about the football element of it, but Chad, I think you're you're a little bit too boxed in on the football element. You also have to understand Texas has an, an incredible baseball program. Texas has a good basketball program. Like it's it, when you're talking about conference realignment, sure. it isn't it isn't just football. Like Texas brings a ton to the SEC. Uh uh, but when it comes to football. Like the only one that makes money. I get what you're saying, Chad, but like Texas was still like Oklahoma certainly is the better football program. Like without question, like they dominate Texas, but Texas is still, it's still Texas. It's still one of the biggest schools in the country. And it's, and it's big, huge money. Listen, I'm not going to, from a football standpoint, I'm not saying that they can't get back there, but Steve Sarkeesian has got some work. If, if they truly are going to be in the Big 12, like stay at the Big 12 until the exclusive rights runs out, their grant of rights runs out in 2025, Steve Sarkeesian can do a lot to be able to, uh, when they go, can do a lot to go as to when they go into the SEC, can do a lot over the next few years to when they go into the SEC to be able to compete right away in the SEC. But at, I mean, as it stands right now, Texas has, Texas has been okay. Oh, 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 over the last, yeah. like since Matt Brown has left, they've been okay, but they, there's, there's, there's nothing from, a, again, from a football standpoint, there, there's nothing Texas has done over the last, let's see, when did Matt Brown leave? 2013. So there's nothing they've done over the last eight years nope. that if I'm, that if I'm a football player, that would convince me to go to Texas again, unless Steve Sarkeesian changes to turns things but, around in the next three years. But here's the difference, right? It's, it, you could say that like, you could say the same damn thing about Oklahoma, and they've been good that whole time. The problem is they've been good in the Big 12, which right. isn't good because Oklahoma, look, look when Baker was there. Look, Oklahoma, sure. they'll make the they'll make the playoff because they'll win the Big 12, but they get uh, smoked in the first round. They, like whoever they play beats them. Like, but, Oklahoma, 
But Oklahoma can, but Oklahoma can say, look, we made it to the playoff. Look, we were competitive with Alabama in the second half. We we're, we're looking at like <laughs> Texas has done, Texas hasn't done anything. But here's, uh, oh, oh, here's you have to, uh, here's the reason I'd be optimistic if I was Texas. And it's the thing that pisses me off as an A&M fan. The reason Texas, one of the reasons, one of the reasons Texas went into this tailspin when A&M left the Big 12, mm-hmm. when A&M was in the Big 12, Texas just had its way with recruiting in the state of Texas. Nah. At, yes, they did. Yes, they did. Look at, look at their I'm recruiting. Glad you brought, I'm, glad, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I did the research and you'll, you're going to. I uh, yes, you're, you're going to be surprised. Go on, tell me. You 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 think they've dominated recruiting in Texas yes. ever since they left? Okay, all right. So again, I'm just going to go from when Mac Brown left uh, uh, for Texas. Yeah. So I'll do both. So uh, and and we're going to start in 2014. 2014. Uh, what do you want to start with? A and M or Texas? Which one do you want to go first? Uh, whatever. Just go through it. AM, 16 of their 20 run recruits were from Texas. One five star, eight four stars. 2015 AM, 19 of the 27 recruits were from Texas. Two five stars and 10 four stars. Yep. 2016, 14 of 20 uh, recruits from Texas. And there were six four stars in that. 2017, 20 of 28 uh, recruits were from Texas. And there were uh, three five stars in there. 2018, 16 of the 23 guys were from Texas. Nine four-stars in that class. 2019, 19 of 27 uh, were from Texas. 2020, fell off a little bit. 12 of 26. And then he moved up to Texas. 2014, 16 of those 22 guys are from Texas. Seven of those are four-star guys. 2015, 19 of 27 from Texas. One five-star, nine four-stars. 2016, 24 of the 29 guys are from Texas. 15 four-stars in that class. That's huge. 2017, 13 of the 17 guys five, uh, from Texas. Five four-stars. 2018, almost done. 19 of the 23 from Texas. Two five-stars and 13 four-stars. So that was a huge class for Texas. Uh, 2019, 12 of 26 from Texas. 2020, 19. Last year, 19 of the 20 were from Texas. So the, I, I I don't know. That... that Recruiting in Texas, it's it's kind of been even. I think no, 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 no. But you're missing you're missing that, my I point. Mean, that, what, that, what was re- that was great. That was great research. That's even as hell. No, you're what missing you the point. No, you did all of those years were after Texas A&M left for the SEC. Now go do that same research from 2000 until 2012. And what did that okay, recruiting but, look like? Okay, but but. but Yes, but, that's what I'm but, talking about. It may but, have been. It, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm saying it may have evened out a little bit because that was much more even sounding, that was as even as you could probably get. But what I'm telling schools. you is, before A and M left the Big Twelve to go to the SEC, they were not anywhere close to even footing with Texas. Not even but anywhere it, close. But wouldn't it stand to reason that Texas A&M would get more recruits because they were in this in the SEC from 2004? It wouldn't be as even. Or are you no. saying because no? What I'm saying is because they went to the SEC, they started to get better recruits. It, okay. it, it evened out after they left for the SEC. So all okay, those so stats t- you just read. 
2013, still in the Big 12, 24 of 32 in Texas. One five-star, 10 four-stars. 2012, when they were 11 and 2, 15 of 18 uh, from Texas. Two five-stars, no, 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 four-stars. No, no. Chad, Chad, it what? doesn't matter how many kids come from Texas. Well, yes, it does. You, that's your it whole does. point, is that you, you think Texas is going to dominate Texas recruiting. Yeah. No, no, no. No. You guys... It, of course, it's like, it's like Ohio. It's like it's like Alabama. It's like uh, uh, states are going to dominate in their state. They're going to recruit mostly from in their state. Look at Oklahoma. They're going to recruit from mostly in Oklahoma. A lot of their okay. players are going to come from Oklahoma. Uh, and Texas is enormous. Of course, most of the players are going to come from that state. What I'm telling you is if you look at the players, look at the actual players that played in for those teams, Texas definitely for a decade before the SEC split off happened, Texas definitely was getting the better players. A thousand okay. percent. Okay, but you think, and you think somehow that that's going to turn around with Texas going to the SEC? I think that Texas, doesn't... no, but I do think Texas, it will add back to a portfolio that they, so I would, what I'm trying to tell you is in recruiting, whether it's in the state of Texas or Louisiana or Arkansas or Oklahoma, or it doesn't matter. The, the biggest advantage that AM has had for the last almost 10 years now over Texas is that they can walk into those people, kids' house and say, you can go play at Texas, and you can have fun playing at Iowa State, and you can have fun playing at Kansas, you can have fun playing at Texas Tech, or you can come here to AM and you can go play with us at LSU what? and Alabama and Florida and Georgia. And Man, why wasn't AM blowing them out of the water recruiting, though? it's not that they were blowing them. They caught up like again, numbers wise is one thing, but it's, it's a case where statistics don't tell the whole story. A&M caught up in the caliber of players that they were bringing in. When I was at A&M, they were not bringing in nearly the caliber of player that Texas was bringing in. Not even close, not even close one or two, maybe. But at that time, Colt McCoy at Texas and all that, like Texas was far. And then before that, it was Vince Young at Texas. Texas is far and away bringing in better talent. AM caught up when they left. That's okay. what I'm telling you. So, so my, my, my fear as an AM fan was all right, well, now we, we had this like advantage of being like, hey, you can go play at Texas, have fun in Kansas, or you can come with us and play in the SEC. Now Texas gets a little bit of a chip back. They get a chip back to say, hey, now you could come play at Texas in the SEC. I don't think I, – I don't – I just don't think that's true unless Sarkeesian turns it around in these last three years. I, and, I, ju- I just don't. And because that's fair. Because, because for as much as you say, like, Texas can go in and, and say, hey, come play with us in the SEC at LSU Florida. LSU Florida, Alabama, those programs like that are doing the same thing with Texas kids. And I, oh, I, just, sure. think, I just think with – I just think with what Texas has done – over these last eight, eight years or so, I, I don't think if LSU, Alabama, Florida, whatever, those uh, comes calling for those kids, those programs are going to be more attractive until Texas starts to turn well, things around. And I think, listen, there's valid points there, Chad. Like Sarkeesian's a big part of that. Is that yeah. guy going to be able to go in and do the recruiting, right? Because there's there's still advantages. Yeah. A&M still has advantages in that, A, they're going to go into this upcoming season as probably a top five team. Uh You've got now Jimbo Fisher, one of the biggest names in coaching in college football, is your coach. 
Mm-hmm. And the money, it's not just the recruiting, but the money at AM caught up to Texas. So AM spends a millions and millions, hundreds of millions of dollars on their athletics. They've they've all caught up to what happened to Texas. So it does hinge on Sarkeesian. Can he do it? I, I'm just saying, I think the t- the the team that wins the most out of this is Texas. Now, having said all of this, because whatever, we'll see what happens. Having said all of this, guys, the, the Big 12 has nowhere to go. Nope. You, you cannot have a conference that's headlined by Oklahoma State and Iowa State, basically, is how that would go. Uh, I read the, something the other day about uh, the Pac-12 reaching out to the Big 12 and kind of forming some super conference but that's uh, gonna with th- them. That's gonna happen, right? Like because uh, the Pac twelve or the Pac ten is not doing anything yeah. either. So uh, it's very interesting to see how this is gonna go because where we are now going. You're right that the Pac twelve isn't doing anything. They're not help. I mean, they're helped in basketball by bringing Kansas in. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They're, they're but they're not helped a ton by bringing in Kansas and Kansas State and Iowa State and and the other uh, TCU. I guess TCU is okay in Texas tech. Like they're not helped a lot in the football department. We are now we're getting to a point and I know big 10 fans don't like to hear this, but when the sec chucks Oklahoma and Texas into the sec, we're getting to a point where it's like, what's college football going to do to like, like figure this thing out? Because for years we've had the big 10, the Big 12, the SEC, the Pac-10 or 12 or whatever it is. Uh, uh, You've had your Power 5 and the ACC. You've had your Power 5 conferences. But it's almost like you're starting to now see a tiering level in the Power 5s. Like the Pac-12, is the Pac-12 really a Power 5? No. Not even close. I I know the ACC has had Clemson, but outside of Clemson, that is, yeah. is the ACC a power five? No. No? Yep. Year after year, it makes us doubt how good Clemson is because we're like, who do they play? Boston like, College and Pittsburgh. They play Boston College? They're playing. Although, although Mac Brown is turning around North Carolina. That's uh, about yeah, it. Yeah, but uh, how, much is he, how much are you really going to turn around? Like, I don't expect North Carolina to, like, compete for a title. Like, <laughs> Oh, well, for a playoff, probably not. But, like, it, it's, it's – it, you could see that you could see the progress they're making, but uh, yeah, so but be, like Florida, Florida State has fallen way off the map. You're very much <laughs> turning into, you're very much turning into the Big Ten and the SEC, and even the Big Ten, like they're just kind of hanging on for the ride. Mm-hmm. Like uh, you've got Ohio State, but like Penn State hasn't been great in recent years. Michigan State hasn't been great. Michigan sucks ass. I, I it almost makes me. I have always been the kind of guy that roots against the other teams in my conference because I fucking hate them. They're my right. rivals. Well, I don't so, root for that's, that's what you're conditioned to, but like, it, it's really unfortunate for the conference as a whole that Michigan has been as bad as it is. Yeah. Like Michigan I State almost has want been, Michigan to get better. Like, Jesus. Michigan State and Penn out. State have been exactly where, like, you would think they'd be, like, very competitive, not necessarily winning out the conference. Right. But when you have Michigan, who needs to be a dominant force in the Big Ten for the Big Ten to be what it is, it's it's so frustrating. Big the Big Ten yeah. right now is relying on Ohio State, and then just please God let some other team be good. 
somebody. Right. That's what it like. Oh, Indiana was decent last year. Cool. Yeah, Northwestern. Northwestern hey, they put up a good yeah. fight. It almost seems like uh, Ohio State and Wisconsin. Right. Ohio State and Wisconsin, fine. Although Wisconsin right. hasn't been good in recent exactly, years. Exactly. Yeah. Like Minnesota. Okay. They've been the AM. Wisconsin's been the AM of the SEC. Like Very nine much. and three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 But, it, but it's not good enough to like. Right. I know Big Ten people. I, I know anybody that's not an SEC fan hates the conversation of the SEC. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're there now. Like we're there. You just brought in it's, Oklahoma and Texas. It's college like, football. Like you're there now. You, I, you know I, who I would love to see the Big Ten absorb, and I think would give them an immediate credibility boost is is Iowa State, just an up and coming program, uh, being coached by Matt Campbell. I, I I really think that would give. Like I mean, it's certainly better than fucking Rutgers. Well, I I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else you do. Like I, here's my thing. I don't know what you do as the Big Ten. I agree with you a thousand percent. I would love Iowa State is such a natural fit for the Big Ten, right? Right, Iowa, right. Iowa State that could be yeah. awesome every year in conference. Uh, right. it, they're they're a good program in a lot of ways. I agree. I don't know what else you do that moves the needle if you're the Big Ten though. Like now, it's, it's a bigger issue in college football as opposed to just conferences. It's I, it's recruiting. Like it, there's this like weird like idolization of well not weird it's just the sec has been so dominant that like if you you got to put yourselves in the shoe of a sophomore junior in high school that's like okay look like you can play ohio state and go to michigan state and illinois and 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 uh northwestern or you could go to freaking vanderbilt and play Alabama, and you can right. play Tennessee. Who cares if you, you get smoked? Play you know, it's like it's it's uh, to put it in the shoes of the people that are actually making these decisions to go to these schools. It's it's kind of a no brainer to go to an SEC school if you're offered that. I just I feel like the Big Ten made a huge mistake all those years ago with Maryland and Rutgers. Like, oh god, yeah, oh, it was god, a huge yeah. mistake. It did not work out. It still hasn't worked out. It hasn't worked out in any sport. I know what they were trying to, they were trying to get the New York city market with Rutgers failing to realize that people in New York city don't give two shits about Rutgers. Secaucus, New Jersey. They're not even in fucking New York. They don't care about, you don't get the, they were like, we'll get the New York market. No, you won't. Congrats. (laughs) I don't know what the big 10 can do. Like, I don't don't know what any conference I like. I'm start. I'm starting to feel like they just need to, they almost need to NFL this thing. They almost need to NFL it and just get rid of the conferences altogether. Yeah. And sure. like and just make divisions around. And just yeah. make divisions. And whoever wins the division makes a playoff and then you play. Because right. otherwise it's SEC. Like SEC is going to have the recruiting advantage over literally everybody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you do have some you do have some decent teams around, I guess, that you that you could add to the Big Ten. I mean, again. Not like nothing that would move the needle, but certainly would give you a little credibility boost over a Rutgers or a Maryland. Like you have, like, say, uh, like I said, Iowa State, but you have like a West Virginia, you know, down there that went into the Big 12. Or you have uh, that's uh, that's a good point. Uh, I mean, a far a far reaching like I mean, it's a little far reaching. It would be like, but it's not as bad as it's I mean, it's, it's another Nebraska, but you could try to absorb Oklahoma State. 
Well, I think uh, you and the mullet there, Mike Gundy, love that guy. I think I. <laughs> oh God, I hate that. Guy. I think if you, I, he's like second only in hate to to Dabo to me. Uh, oh God, yeah. I think if you're the Big Ten, you have to though. You have to. You better be on the horn now with West Virginia and yeah. and uh, Iowa State and Oklahoma. Yeah, Oklahoma State. Why not? Yeah, you right. better be on the horn now with them. Nowhere, nowhere near as bad as Nebraska. I mean, you're out there with Nebraska. Why wouldn't you reach out to Oklahoma State? Fuck it. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. It's just the whole thing is crazy to me because, like I said, we've seen conference realignments before. Right. Yet this is the first conference realignment, this Texas and Oklahoma thing, because these are two of the largest programs in all of college sports. This is the first time where I feel like we're at a domino effect, like this shit's about to topple. Oh, yeah, 100%. And mm-hmm. and, and it'll be interesting to see where it goes. So, anyways... Let's see what happens. Uh, we're getting ready to wrap up here. That's a three to three. The Indians just can't hold the lead for fuck's sake. Uh, <laughs> again, uh, uh, before we get out of here, we got a couple things we got to do. As always, we do our three cheers of the week. Uh, just good things that have happened uh, this week or things we want to shout out or whatever. So uh, the guys usually don't have something, and I do. Wow. Wow. Are you going to do that? You're going to do yeah, that? You're going to come out of the gate and say we don't what have it. <laughs> All right. So here's my cheers. Guys, uh, I took Patrick. <laughs> I took Patrick yesterday. I took my son yesterday to Sky Zone. Oh, yeah. Have either one of you ever been to Sky Zone? I, I don't know if I've been yes. to Sky Zone, but I've been to like a, that type of place, like a trampoline type vibe. Listen, pardon my French, but sweet holy fuck. Like, oh, wow. It was that was I was in there for seven minutes and I was sweating more than I have ever sweat before in my life. Uh, <laughs> but if you have kids uh, and you're comfortable taking them places, Sky Zone was great because my kid just bounced his ass off and he never went to bed so fast in his entire life wow. like he did last night. So. It, it's my, a workout, man. It's more of a workout than you would think. Dude, my legs were so sore today. <laughs> yeah. no, so here's 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 the here's the uh, uh, the kicker. You can jump on all the trampolines. You can do all that stuff. But then they have those like foam pits, which I don't even want to think about how gross those things are. Don't <laughs> even want to think about it. But right, they have those foam pits where you can like flip and jump and shit and land in the foam. So. I did that. Do you have any idea how hard it is to They're get out of those so things? Oh, yeah, dude. It sucks you in. so hard. Oh, God. I you got to use every like, muscle to get out of that. I looked at the guy. I was like, what's underneath this foam quicksand? <laughs> like, I can't yeah. get out. Uh, so, anyways, my shout out goes to Sky Zone because we had a blast. And, uh, Very, nice. Very nice. Very uh, nice. Joey, what's your cheer? Um, let me just look at the super important thing that I had prepared. Just kidding. <clears throat> no, I do have something prepared. Um, I don't know. Get the freaking vaccine. Science is fantastic. I love science. Science is oh. great. It created medicine. Everyone can just get vaccinated. I don't want to go back into lockdown. It's it's really nice to like do things and to like not have to worry and like have anxiety about like going to a bar, or to a restaurant on a date. I love those things. Um, so just get the freaking shot. Good lord. So like a- cheers, cheers to the vaccine. Yeah, yeah. Cheers of then science. Uh, all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something that, that people need to realize. So the most common phrase that I hear in, in uh, opposition to getting the vaccine is do your own research. 
Have you guys heard that a lot? Yeah. Have you, seen Have you that a done lot? any research? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I want to make sure people know something very clearly. Oh, okay. You don't get to say that shit. You need to look up the definition of research. It does not include just doing a Google search and watching a YouTube video. Research. <laughs> or searching for the headline that you want to find. There are people that do research for a career. Research is a structured study that takes days, weeks, months, years to complete. You don't just do research by looking shit up on the internet. Research is done by people who get paid to do that shit. Um, one so, of my one of my favorite. Stop saying that. Is my point. One of my and it's favorite, gotta be and it's gotta be replicated like like five times for it to be even like no, exactly. credible. One right. of my so, favorite, um, just like like average show listening to podcast kind of thing that like define what it means to actually know something is true in the scientific world uh, is the most recent um, interview on the Joe Rogan podcast with Neil deGrasse Tyson, who is an astrophysicist, and they're. T- Slightly off topic, but it'll, it'll come back. So they're talking about the whole aliens things and how they're releasing like videos of aliens coming down, and there's like there's like naval like radars picking up what they think is unidentified flying objects and stuff. And the whole interview, Neil deGrasse Tyson's like, "Well, did they check if their instruments were calibrated? Did they check to make sure everything was firing off at like a very specific like as intended?" Right. Uh, uh, sequence kind of thing like everything has to work and work multiple times for something to be considered true and effective and um <clears throat> they did that with the vaccine so just get the shot that's all yeah fair listen fair it's not uh the the worst thing that we do in this country is we make everything political and the vaccine is not political covid is not political it doesn't give a shit whether you're a democrat or republican it has nothing to do with anything other than it's a public health crisis. Go get your shit taken care of so that we can all get back to normal. Because that's the one thing. All of us that have went and did that shit, I think there's a lot of people that are going to get started. Like, we all went and did our duty. Like, cool, we're doing our duty. It's going to work. Everything's going to be fine. I think a lot of people are going get, to start getting really mad about, like, we gave you your pass the first time around. Now this shit's coming back because you didn't do what you were supposed to do. So go get your shit done. So anyway, now that it's now that it's getting FDA approved, you can fucking you, you, places can start mandating it like all that shit. They'll find another reason. Everybody that's like, what's well, not even FDA approved now. They'll move the goalpost to something else about why they don't. Right. Anyways. Anyways, Joe, I like your chair. Go get the vaccine. Chad, what's your chair of the week? Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> you suck. Oh, oh OK. There we go. Uh, cheers to 722-year-old Anderson Silva and 840-year-old Tito Ortiz. Uh, they're getting back in the ring, guys. Oh, wow. They're, they're, yeah, they're having a bye, eight-round bout here. And, uh, yeah, well, they're going to entertain For payments of the, $39.95. Yeah, exactly. You can watch them. Uh, and, and, yeah, there we go. Cheers Dude. to them for fighting again. I, you know, you brought it up and, and I'm, I, I won't talk about this long, but I, I looked up the 10 highest paid athletes from 2020 from 2020. <laughs> Do you guys know Conor McGregor is on that list? You should oh, be. God. All right. Conor Conor McGreg- I think, I think like any, any martial arts UFC boxer deserves to be on that list because the work that they put in negotiating these contracts. Yeah. And it doesn't matter the outcome. 
It doesn't right. matter. Like if they right. have enough, so, like I don't know what you want to call it, clout or just aura or just like <laughs> uh, I don't know level of expertise. Dude. They just give them money, and they just assume that they're good. Like the UFC or the boxing organization, I don't know what they're called. Sorry, I probably should, but like they just assume they're going to make this money on these shows, and they just guarantee these ridiculous amounts of money towards right. these fighters. It's, it's insane. It's crazy. So Chad's excited to watch a couple of old guys wheel around Let's in the ring it. and uh, swing some <laughs> yeah. catches at each other. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. Those are our cheers of the week. Send us your cheers of the week. But uh, boys, I think this has been uh, this has been too much fun. We probably went longer than we usually do. But uh, when we've been off for a couple of weeks, man, I missed this. I missed hanging out with you guys. Uh, wow. And uh, it's been good to be back. So uh, last things we got to do, a couple thank yous go out. First of all, uh, thank you to our podcast network, the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Again, go check out Belly Up Sports. Uh, now we've got the Unhinged Radio Network as part of Belly Up Sports. So certainly check out everything going on at Belly Up Sports. We love being part of that network. Thank you goes to our special guest, Emmett Golden at eGoldie80. Go find him. Go follow him. Don't look for his wife. That's weird. Nope. Uh, <laughs> but uh, catch Emmett Golden on uh, ESPN Cleveland. Uh, literally, like anytime you tune into ESPN Cleveland, you pretty much find Emmett Golden. But uh, love having him on. We're very grateful for him uh, coming back on with us. And as always, our biggest thank you is reserved for you, the people that are listening to the podcast, following us on our, on our socials and all that. Uh, if you're not, Get over and follow us on 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 Twitter, on Instagram, specifically Instagram. That helps us get really good guests. So uh, get over to our Instagram page and follow it. Uh, and if you're not subscribed to the podcast, get over and hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you are listening to. So for Joey down there in Nashville, Tennessee at Garage Beers, Joe. For Chad over on the east side of Cleveland at Garage Beers, Chad. I am Mike at Garage Beers. Mike, this was episode 76. We'll see you again next week. Cheers, everybody. Cheers.